There we go. Take two. Welcome to Beerfield, where I actually had been prepping scripts for shows and trying to put some structure to this, but not this week. We don't I, do structures around here. What are you talking about? I'm your we got together a day early. Well, it's mostly because it goes faster because I have all the injury news written down. That's the big the big reason. Ah. A day beforehand helps. But we're going to wing it like old time, like old times. I'm your host at Beerfield Hop, Chris Hopper, joined by Daniel Thurry. Hi, and Ryan Miner. I'm not sure what Ryan's short for. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Elio. Nope, just Ryan. Ryan Elio. Ryanical. 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 Rhinoceros. Ryan Anthony. There we go. No, I like Ryan Elio. We're going with that. <laughs> uh, we're gonna. This will be a pretty basic. We're not. Didn't have time to get too creative, so we're not going to get too creative. We're going to uh, talk a trade. We're going to talk injuries. We're going to roundtable the games last week and then roundtable the bipocalypse this week and get you some streamers and help you find some people to plug in this week that you know might be available to to help you out and talk strategy about how to handle the bipocalypse too. So uh, without further ado, let's just go ahead, get into what we're drinking. What's fueling beer fueled? So luckily, because I'm studying for a BJCP exam, I had gone out today and bought a bunch of different styles of beer. So I had a quite the selection of whatever I wanted to drink. So uh, I actually went with uh, Church Street Brewing from Ithaca, Ooh. Illinois. I'm drinking their Belgian style ale. It does not specify what kind of Belgian ale this is, because um, Belgian ale is a category. But given the alcohol percentage and the color, I'm pretty sure it's a golden strong. So that's what we're going to we're gonna judge it as. Um, so, yeah, it could also... I, no, I don't think it would be a single or a triple. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a golden strong. And we will judge it as such and let you know about halfway through Ooh, dan i am drinking something i have been very excited to find because i've been working in st louis because st louis is part of my territory i got four hands of fat elvis this is the banana variant of absent light which is a peanut butter chocolate milk stout from uh, said brewery so super pumped to get Basically, anything peanut butter and banana, I'm pretty much sold. It's pretty much six to midnight. Nice. I'm also uh, drinking a local beer. I have City Juice Hazy IPA from Atwater Brewery out of Detroit. Nice. What, what oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I knew I was like, I was trying to get it out first, but dang, I got beat. Okay, wait, what style are you drinking, Ryan? Hazy IPA. Hazy IPA. Dan, mm-hmm. I got a rant about his ipas here in a minute dan what <laughs> what did you have again i heard peanut butter and banana sorry i have uh 
It's absent light. This is a peanut butter chocolate. Okay, no, they, they yeah, gotcha. They did a uh, Elvis version of that. Yep. This I'm year. super excited. It's what uh, I'm drinking. Is it the Elvis one? Bad Elvis. Oh, okay. So it's peanut butter chocolate <laughs> and banana. Got it. Yes. Sorry, I was looking at because I know a Golden Strong and a Tripel are really close. And I'm not going to know until I actually drink it which this is because it doesn't say. Since it just says ale, I still think it's a strong Belgian. But they're really close in style between a Belgian strong and a trip ale. Now, my rant about IPAs. I'm real pissed off. It, every Actually, both of you are drinking things that pissed me off tonight. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm brand. This is an old man yells at clouds moment. <laughs> so, like, I'm trying to find different, like, British styles and Belgian styles and clean German styles and, you know, lagers and things like that to, you know, study for this damn thing. Yeah. And familiarize myself as much as possible. And as I'm walking up and down the shelves, perusing for this stuff at Total Wine, which might have been my first problem, um, all I'm finding is hazy IPAs and adjuncted <laughs> shit. Like, it's either a hazy IPA a double or a triple IPA or it's had a bunch of extra crap thrown into it just using a base style that I want. And that is very frustrating when you're looking for nice, clean, not adjuncted to hell beer. So if you're a brewer and you're listening, do more of those. Even so though I know the market, well, the market dictates it's IPAs or it's adjuncted desserty as shit. So, but did you not? I mean, they have an old world section, I thought, at Total Wine. Which one did you go to? Do I want Fairview? Yeah, and they do. And it's a whole four foot section. Of, I know, it's sad. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> it's, it's so, so uh, being that I have five Total Wines in my in my territory, I go, oh, man. It's like a, it's like the bastard stepchild of, of any actual real liquor store. I got to experience wine and cheese today, though. I got to see a wine and cheese wine place and cheese. is awesome. They're uh, you get all of them. I went to every one of them, and I went to the one in O'F or I think it's O'Fallon or Peters or St. Peters yesterday. I'm getting myself more familiar with <laughs> with that fucking market. It's the Creve Core one is the one huge. I used to be in all the time, but the one that's out in, out in town and country in Lamp and Lantern Village went to those is yeah, it's like right down from the Chesterfield Total one. Yep, is <clears throat> really which nice, is too. nice. I like the Chesterfield one. Me too. The one that's oh my god, the one on on Brentwood sucks. Fucking fucking nightmare. Sucks. What's up, Ryan? Hello. You uh, totally enjoying this conversation uh, about? Yeah, I'm getting geography lesson. Lesson. I'm, I'm getting a geography lesson of you know when I'm going well, out west somewhere. I'm like, hey, <laughs> about, about St. Louis. Anyway, Chris and Dan said this. All right, let's go ahead and jump. Let's talk trade. So, Ryan Ooh. and I pulled off a a trade, and it was when. Unique. It was in Where the. Are you? It was in the Beerfield Listener League. Oh, that's probably why. <laughs> I got to pay attention to that by accident. Uh, <laughs> I pay attention ish. And yeah, we pulled off a trade, but we didn't talk about it at all. And it was the most back and forth of adjusting offers I've ever had, without actually having a conversation with somebody. And it would all happen <laughs> like. So he sends me. Here's how it went down. And then we'll give some perspective on this. Okay. So, so he sends me the first offer on God, it was before last week's games. And it was Devin Singletary for a first rounder. 
and mind uh, you, this is a sixteen-person team, so or sixteen-person league, so kind of help that so, out. So yeah, it's a sixteen-team league, super deep, which means that you know first rounders have even more value, and middle rounders have even less value. So, uh, and I'm a team that's never going to be. To give you an idea, I'm a team that's going to be probably in the middle most given years. I'm not going to be the worst by any stretch, but, you know, I'm more likely to go up than down. Let's put it that way. My pick is more likely to get lower than it is higher. Um, So that's the offer. And I'm sitting, I think, two and three at that point in time and thinking to myself, okay, well, I don't really know where this team's going. I don't know what I'm going to do because I can most weeks fill out a starting lineup. And then in that league, if you can fill out a starting lineup with guys that are going to score more than five points, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> it's it's fucking, <laughs> uh, this league is yeah, fucking nuts. Am I wrong? Like, no, I mean, no. you're not. That's the funny part. I started Kenny and Drake and he went off. And <laughs> there's only one reason I was starting Kenny and Drake. <laughs> um, because he's likely to touch the ball at some point. Right. And that's what it is. <laughs> he's got league. a pulse. Yeah, all right, play uh, him. Well, it's, it's like, not Kenny and Drake, though. Yeah, it's not players that like no one knows. Like, right. Like the tight end I picked up that got me like two points out of nowhere. I'm like, how'd that happen? Right. And so, anyway, that type of league, I win. End up at three and three. Carson Wentz gets injured. Suddenly, I have two starting quarterbacks in this league again with Taylor Heineke and Mac Jones and Andy Dalton. I might actually have three. You, right now, right now, I have three. That is three. And uh, yikes. So I'm like, all right, pretty good shot. And after I, after I won last week. So, my initial thought though is I don't know which way this team's going. If I end up in a cell, Devin Singletary, it was Devin Singletary for a first. Devin Singletary is not something I want to be sitting on, and it's damn sure not something I want to be giving up a first-round pick for if I'm going off of a sell. So, week plays out. Ryan, you offered, you, we were talking about it beforehand, you offered the first-round pick because you were going, you wanted to come in high first and work backwards. You don't want yeah. to undersell yourself. And you weren't the only one I sent the offer to. Like, I looked at every team to kind of see where they were at based on their player. Because this team... I, I was I've already been selling off since last year, so I already knew I'm out. I already got all my put like all my rookies on taxi. I'm keeping them there. I'm trying to get the lowest points possible. So now I'm just trying to basically fire sell my team. So I I looked at every team, and the first thing I did, like you said, is I came in high. Everyone, everyone I got offered, I offered you know Singletary for a first. We didn't hear anything back. And then later what was it? Yes, last night you counter offered it. Yes. So last that's night started. So last night, as I'm looking through my teams, running waivers and stuff, I'm like, I, you know, I kind of look over that roster and I'm like, okay, yeah, I can make a run at this. But problem is in this league is if you make a run and you miss, you're completely screwed. It hurts. And Devin Singletary is not the type of player being somebody, especially in a dynasty league, he's not the type of player that somebody I want to give up super high capital for because he's, you know, consistent. He's not been super consistent throughout his career. Every draft, he's somebody we're going to talk about potentially losing his job. You know, it's not a long-term investment. It's a very much a win-now move. So I counter with a second. I don't want to give up my first-round pick. It's a deeper league. Counter it with a second. Ryan, obviously, with the depth of it, not yeah, enough. I looked at it. Yeah, I looked at the second. And I'm like, you know, 
in a in a twelve team league, yeah, everyone would say, yeah, okay, second doesn't sound bad. But with as deep as this league, that could be pick thirty two. Right, it could be a third yeah. round pick in other leagues. Yeah. So, um, so then he comes back and throws some twenty twenty three draft capital in there and goes for two seconds, and I'm like, well, diminishing no, twenty four. We're, 24, we're sorry, we're doing 23, yeah. 24 yeah. years are hard. So there's a 24 <laughs> second in there. So it's now Devin Singletary for a 23 second and a 24 second. Well, my thoughts, okay, this is diminishing returns, right? You can potentially, especially if this misses, hit on somebody in the second round of that draft that could give you equivalent value down the line. Yep. Maybe not year one, year two, but you're rebuilding. So down the line, I'm like, but you know, seeing Singletary as a diminishing asset, I'm not sure this might be the last year of his rookie deal. I can't remember. Yeah, it is. is. Yeah, it would be. So this is a diminishing asset that, you know, in is it it's worth a second to me next year to try to add that piece to win this year. But if that's just an asset on my bench, is it worth it to me in 2023? What value does he give me in 2023? And I'm like, Okay, diminishing asset. Let's step that down to a twenty to a a twenty twenty four third. That way, you know, I've got my first round pick this year, my first and second next year. I can still replenish assets, but you know, Ryan's still getting some odds at getting something that's usable in a league like this in those two rounds, and that's what ended up what ended up getting it done. So the trade ended up being, and Dan, your thoughts on the final product, the trade ended up being Devin Singletary for a 2023 second and a 2024 third in a 16-team league. So we have a very much usable RB2 every week with RB with, with some RB1 upside if if the chips fall the right way. But I think you can kind of say he's, a, he's an RB2 pretty much floor and, and a low RB1, high RB2 ceiling. And the only um, way you can fix a team is through trades in the draft. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I have no issue with this deal. I, I, I don't know if I would have made the deal, mainly because sitting at three and three, I'm still uncomfortable with where my team lies in. And it's someone who I still value second round picks, so you can use. They're like the. <laughs> like the perfect like throw in piece and almost small steals because first round picks people have a hard time uh, you know coming off of unless it's a really good deal third round picks people really don't care about second rounds like that that perfect sweet spot so i like having those in my disposal so i can you know make moves and whatever you know whatever but i'm sure go ahead go ahead no i was just gonna say does it change your perspective on that second round pick at all knowing that though if I make, so let's say I just make the playoffs in this league, right? Yeah. Then it's a bottom six pick in the second round. Does it change your opinion any knowing that that could be, you know, on average pick pick 26 versus in a 12-team league pick 16 or 17? Yeah, so the best way I'm looking at this, you know, from a third-party eyes is worst-case playoff team. So obviously pick what would it be pick uh 10 worst place pick, place yeah it'd be 26 overall so 210 yeah which you again that's a 302 in a 12 team league that's a mid third and a 10 team you're looking at yeah the 26 so. best player 
I mean, yeah. Ryan getting a third on top is something that we always used to preach anyway. It's trying to get an right. extra pick on there because it's really yeah. nice to have and the currency I... to move around to, you know, you know, to make your team more flexible, or at least to try to yeah, it, be more flexible with your moves. And that's why I felt it was fair, too, because if you're getting an early third-round player. I mean, you have almost as good of a chance to hit on that as you did Singletary when he was drafted. Yeah. I, I don't think Ryan gets a first-round pick for Singletary. Oh, he mainly because mainly because he's never been ever viewed as an asset that's got any long term potential. Um, mainly because it's hard for us to conceive Buffalo resigning him. Now, I can see a world because he's very productive in that offense, and I can see a world that I think like even if your team you're that's rebuilding, you want to take a stab in the dark on him. Because obviously that outside's productive. James Cook, obviously there may you know throw some water, but how many times have you seen third round pick running bass completely flop on their oh. teams? Looking at you, San Francisco constantly, so <laughs> all the time, all, all the time. Right. So I, I, oh my god, it's a move that can pay off in many different ways. It definitely should pay off this year, um, which is my we, goal. Yeah, given we, how my team structured, so. and we've seen no, we've seen no change at the guard. With Cook and Singletary, so there's nothing to suggest. Now, could it happen at any point? Yes. Mm-hmm. Singletary has a pretty decent health track record too, um, and it, and they don't run the ball a lot, so it doesn't he doesn't have that 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 constant wear and tear from game to game because he doesn't get utilized in the way of like a Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry. So it's yeah. it's I'm I'm good with I'm good with both sides. Ryan got probably the max value you could get from him and. You got And that's what I was trying to get the most of too. Yep. Was the max value out of them. And yeah. I was just trying to give me a, <clears throat> a usable piece. And if it tanks, you know, and let's say single Terry's value tanks, I've got uh, plenty of other pieces on my roster I can recoup that draft capital with. So. Yeah. And or or I mean, if it doesn't, I mean you can also look at it if it if it for some reason, if it if it starts to go parachute for you, you can also trade them to try to recoup back. Right. Exactly. Like he's or, still or one of them at least. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean it's hard to ever get in return what you paid back. This isn't fucking draft day, but <laughs> uh, you're going to get either better or worse. So most times you're going to get, yeah, worse. most times you'll get worse. Cause... Cause like I said, he's a diminishing asset. So if it yeah. goes badly, I'm, I know that I'm getting less back, but there's still assets I can use. If I go into cell mode, mm-hmm. there's still, you know, say next season, there's still assets I can use to get that 2024 third back as a throw in, yeah. you know, so is a team that has, Stefan Diggs on it, for example, and several other name players that are going to be valuable for several more years. So this is a good thing for listeners, you know, to take note when you're also moving for running backs generally is you got to be very careful and know a their contract situation and and B try to be I'm not say predictive because we can't always predict these things, but you, you got to have a pretty good idea and forecast it for sure. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it, it's a very volatile position, and you know we, you know we've talked about it a few times on here, and it's been preached a bunch, and you know in the community, it's it's you know first contract, like rookie contract, running backs, what you want. It's why you mm-hmm. you always want to try to. It's why when all else you know fails, lean running back in your rookie drafts. You try to maximize their potential because they're more likely to hit you know year one than any other position. Running backs are the gold of the of the fantasy football drafts. You always want the running back. <laughs> yeah. And they hold the, more value than any wide receiver. And, you know, outside of super flex each with quarterbacks, they generally have a, a high value ceiling if you have one of the elite assets. Like, 
by Jonathan Taylor trade, you know, this offseason that we've talked about on here, you know, now getting in return Brees Hall, I just feel so oh, the fact that Brees Hall is now considered the RB one on KTC, which I'm kind of there with it. I don't know how you guys, you know, feel about that. I know we're not in dynasty season, but I thought I was gonna be bold because I was gonna start working on it, and I'm like, I was already looking at putting it. Paul, RB1. It's, it's been in, it's been in conversations for the last couple of weeks. It, and I'm just like, is, I'm gonna do it. And, and this is kind of the concern with running backs, right? Too. It, it's it's wait it till changed. next year. Yeah, it changes every year. If BJ yeah. Robinson, oh, yeah. pop, if BJ Robinson pops off, because he's already being valued the way that you know a Barkley was while entering the 18 draft, it won't matter what Brees does because people are gonna are already look in their minds. Well, he's already one year younger than Brees Hall, and that's all people care about. That's why. We talk right. about age and like, you know, not you for know, long. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah. insane. NFL. Jonathan Taylor was viewed, you know, by Consent, consensus RB1. Massive consensus RB1. And not it took anymore. until uh, week seven yeah. for that to change. And it's not even in his third, like not even through his third season. So yep. it's, it's, that's, it, this game is fun because it doesn't happen quite as much at receiver. Brees Hall was consensus RB, or not Brees Hall. Barkley was consensus RB1 and that lasted all of two seasons. So yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, the running back landscape is about to look a lot different because of the 17 class aging now yeah. or starting to age or, you know, yeah. go past or AJ packs and people are it, like, ah, oh, I don't know anymore. And it always looks different. But yeah, that's why yeah. people were down on Dalvin Cook this year. And, you know, I, the change in offense, I think, has hurt him more than regression. But yeah, that's a different story for a different episode. So, yep. anyway, <laughs> anyway, just a little behind the scenes there and in the trade world and that back and forth. And, you know, I just felt like it was a really well executed deal. Ryan came in a little high, but not so high that it doesn't get a response trying to get max value out of his player. Um, Counter offered after taking some time to do a bit of an assessment um, on where I was and what I was going to do and which way I was going to, you know, try to guide that team. Um, and then, you know, some back and forth until we landed on something that that was fair. And, you know, won't always work out that way. But when it does, both parties get to leave the trade feeling pretty good about what they did. It feels nice. Yes. It feels great. Because now it gives me two extra pieces I can use as I can move up in the draft with them now. Mm-hmm. I can move them around. I can move around with another player if I want to trade another player off. It's another pawn in my hand to <laughs> it's try to nice. help out. Yeah, draft picks are currency. Quote quote Nick, draft picks are currency. Yeah, accumulate them. And now I hold sixteen over the next two years. Yeah, which is a good amount of currency. Jesus, that's a lot of draft. Good amount of currency to draft with, to move around, to get future picks, to slide out if you do become competitive for other plate pieces. It's all currency. All right, get to injuries. I'll be reading through this as we go. So just. Bear with me if there's some filler in here. First things first, Keenan Allen limited in Wednesday's practice. I believe he, yeah, the expectation is that he will be back this week against the Seahawks. So that's good news, I think, because I I believe Los Angeles, even though they've been able to win games, needs a, a consistent receiving option there. Nobody's really stepped up with him gone. They've, you know, Mike Williams, for whatever reason, is invisible half the time. <laughs> Josh Palmer's flashed a little bit. 
Gerald Everett was good for a couple weeks, and Parham came back and kind of cut into took a little bit of that thunder away. From a fantasy perspective, they need a, a consistent receiving option back, and they got it. Um, a bunch of other limited guys like CD Lamb, Mac Hollins, Nico Collins, Raheem Mostert that we'll fully expect to play. Dalton Schultz, uh, so weird one with Dalton Schultz. He was hopefully he didn't play him because he was expected to play up until game time and then re-aggravated the knee injury and then was marked inactive. And now he's practicing in full and is expected to play against the Lions. I, I if you're still playing Dalton Schultz, I, I like it's he he's, hasn't done a fucking thing since like week one. He's on my like, bench right now until something else happens and playing yeah, this one. right. That's where he should be. And until you get some confirmation and the fact that he even shows out, mm-hmm. like like even playing him when he comes back from injury feels like you know, feels gold. And I I've been avoided playing I dropped him in, in some leagues. I just I know he's good, but it's he's not he's not a he's he's not an Andrews or a Kelsey. Like there's a chance that he could completely die when he comes back, you know, one catch on two targets. And he's still going to be there for you. Like he, like he's, he's back in the streamer pool until, until otherwise, you know, proven. He's one of those, you know, constant tight ends. We see, you know, top five, one year, then the following year, they get overdrafted. And I, I know he's been hurt, but yeah. And he has been, I, I think and that's where so, he falls under and for his, me anyway. And his quarterback's been hurt since week one too. So uh, too. yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not saying that he can't turn it around, but you've been underwhelmed because of the injuries. And then, you know, the DAC injury, whether this isn't saying anything about Cooper Rush, because I think generally he's played well, but it does change your offense. Yep. Yep. Uh, Andy Dalton no longer in the injury report. Neither is Jameis Winston. Dennis Allen refusing to name a starter at the moment. Oh, so, okay. I've seen uh, at least on you know based on projections on 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 multiple sites in terms of like what they're supposed to score in fantasy and it looks like Dalton starting yeah it's it's Dalton over Winston everywhere I've seen so but apparently monitor not, that yeah. apparently they're not naming a starter which means there won't be a spread when we talk about this one either <laughs> fucking there Perfect. is there, there's a spread there's always a spread okay sorry there won't be because the game is you know t- I I'm expecting tomorrow Dalton to play yeah the yeah. game is tomorrow I, I expect Dalton to play and start. Yeah, we'll see. I we'll see. Yeah, we'll I'm, see. <laughs> I mean, you hope <laughs> it's, it's, Taysom, it's Taysom Hill. Oh fuck! They're gonna bring back Ian Book. <laughs> oh no! Please don't. Oh, yeah, please don't. Uh, PJ Walker already named the starter for the Panthers. Baker Mayfield shed uh, his walking boot, and Sam Darnold designated to return from IR. The worst. The worst it collection is, of quarterback. It's, it's just like yeah. this is like a 16 team dynasty league. Yeah. With they 12 suck. starters and 15 bench players. Sam Darnold is <laughs> the best thing that can happen to this team right now. I think I think Ryan might have a better uh, collection of quarterbacks. Have you seen my, down? Have you seen my collection of quarterbacks? Yeah. Those are those are it's a collection. Those are actually better. Are, what Mac Jones, Andy Dalton, Taylor Heineke, Gardner Minshew, Drew Locke. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for Matt Corral. <laughs> like, I, I don't. Set up in the perfect situation, and, and and it's just like, oh yeah, he'll never get to play. Matt Corral will be he, better. He won't play. Matt Corral's going to be better for this. He shouldn't. Have, he shouldn't be playing. 
you'll ruin him. He's he not going to be playing for them next year when they get a bottom three, five pick and they go quarterback yeah. with that. Pick. As he should, Matt Corral's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about takes I've held on to still. That is one of them. What, you hold it on to takes for a long time? No. Yo, I haven't gotten a reason to change this one yet. <laughs> I mean, no one should. He hasn't fucking played yet. <laughs> no one's takes should change. No. So... Sam Darnold's probably the best thing that could happen for DJ Moore, though. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, yeah. something needs to happen. The best I mean, thing that happened to DJ Moore is that he gets traded, which I, I still don't think him or McCaffrey are going to get traded. No, the best thing that could happen if he stays on the Panthers, though, is Sam Darnold. It's, it's that he just plays Wildcat. Trust me, it's an improvement. <laughs> I, oh my God. They both are horrible. It's, it's, it's great. It's, it's like watching, uh, it's like watching your house burn and you're like, eh. Yeah. Uh, Dak Prescott <laughs> medically cleared to play in week seven against the Lions. He will most likely start. Yay. Firing it up everywhere I have him. I uh, mean, it's a lion, so I hope so. Yeah, that, yeah. Fire everything up everywhere you got everything. <laughs> uh, for the Lions, though, uh, watch the receivers. DJ Chark still not practicing. Amon Ross St. Brown is practicing in full, so he should be back. Uh, Josh Reynolds is not practicing. So you're going to have to pay close attention to the Lions receivers to see how this is all going to land out. DeAndre Swift should be back. They should have their top options, at least, with Amon Ross Swift and Hawkinson. So just pay attention. Yeah. More on those later. Yeah. More on those later, for sure. Uh, Kenny Pickett, full participant in Wednesday's practice. Uh, he will be the starter if he's healthy. Yay. Yeah, there goes my Trubisky starting quarterback. <laughs> well, was that fun for half a game? <laughs> no, I, mean, I got ten points. I didn't want. <laughs> I'm trying to get zero points out of him. I got ten. I was mad. Oh, you were. It's it's okay, Ryan. You're gonna. Do you want him too, Hopper? You could use him. No. you can probably trade him. Okay. Cliff Kingsbury said Marquise Brown is out indefinitely and will miss at least a month. This is after a second opinion. Um. <laughs> There's another report he can miss six weeks. Another report it could be the whole season. DeAndre Hopkins is back from a suspension um, this week. So that's good news for the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. They just traded for Robbie Anderson, but he's going to be very limited if he plays at all in week seven because he's a new body. Um, so, but Hollywood at least down for four weeks. So not season ending, but multiple week injury. But the way that this Arizona team is going, it just might be season ending. He might be shut down because the team's out of playoff contention by the time. Yeah, I know they're going to make their way back now that Nuke's back. That's the whole Robbie Anderson's going to save the day, everyone. Hey, there we go. He can get hot. It's We've not seen. play. It's not fantasy playoffs. He only gets hot during the fantasy uh, playoffs. Right. He's going to be hot for their wild card push and get him into the playoffs. <laughs> save the day. Be Rondell Moore now. Uh, DeAndre Swift, as previously mentioned, is looking to play week seven. Uh, so pushing towards this is what they said after he got hurt is that he was likely back after the bye week. So yeah, I don't see why that would change. Um, he hasn't had any setbacks or anything like that. Uh, huh, I didn't realize that JC Jackson got benched last week. Apparently, he did. Man, he was he was considered the best signing, the best value signing in the entire free agency, and he's been. Got him away from Belichick. This guy looks so bad. Yeah, I know. It's like the McCordys. He's going to go back to New England and be shut down again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's like the McCordys. Freaking nuts. 
Uh, Darren Waller not practicing. Meh. There's a Carson Wentz injury in here somewhere. Oh, okay. This is actually important. Michael Thomas is out for week seven against the Cardinals. Jarvis Landry out for week seven against the Cardinals. Uh, Chris Olave is playing. Chris Olave is playing, so he will be the clear cut one. So, Chris Olave season firing up again. Fire, fire up Chris Olave. Olave uh, versus Rondell Moore. The battle of the small receivers. You know, Olave is not very small. <laughs> Uh, J.K. Dobbins not practicing after his knee tightened up, so <sighs> chance he does not play. Baltimore Kenyan falling Drake. apart right on cue. But Bateman's back at practice. Yeah, they got Kenyon Drake. Damn, they got Kenyon Drake. What more do they need? I, I... Uh, Colts are getting healthy in the backfield. Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines both back. All right. To that, how do you guys feel about Naeem Hines compared to Deion Kane? I mean, I feel like, or not Deion Kane, Deion Jackson. I think Deion Kane is done. Yeah, he's done. He's <laughs> a wide receiver there. He hasn't yeah, done I Deion Jackson. Is, oh, Deion I know who Jackson's Deion Kane is. But Deion Jackson's the number two there behind. Uh, Deion Jackson's Taylor. the number two runner behind Jonathan behind. Taylor. Yeah, he's not going to take the pass. But Naeem Hines is still going to get the receiving work. I think is how that looks like. So I think Deion <clears throat> Jack, the Colts are one of those things, kind of like. You know, Washington with JD McKissick, right? Where McKissick was always going to get the passing work when Brian Robinson went down, but Antonio Gibson was actually the backup early down back. And I think the Colts are in that same scenario where I think Deion Jackson did beat Philip Lindsay out. He will spell Jonathan Taylor, and he is probably going to be the backup rusher, but it's you're still going to see a lot of third down Naeem Hines for receiving work. I think, I, I don't know. I think Jackson can do it too. Cause he had 10 receptions. I don't think Naeem Hines has done anything to lose that job though. Well, he hasn't really done anything to prove it better. You know, it doesn't work. You know, Dan chime in whenever here, but it just, that's how fantasy analysts want it to work. It's not how it ever works. Right. I, I, I will say this. I'm going through their routes. What all three backs have done. Obviously, Jackson's recent hand, you want to think, right? He's 5'11, 218. He's a better fit behind Taylor. It's a true spellback. Should get more work. The fact of the matter is, JT should never get off the field, but we're not arguing about that point. Heinz's target rate and a route rate is, is lower than both like in terms of looking at what the game logs would say and, and, and how they're both. That's not when all three are healthy though, right? That's compared to Jackson while Heinz was, while I mean, it, I Taylor mean, was out. I mean, all three were healthy to start the season. So we all know that Jackson would, it's not really, wasn't a factored in then. Right. It so. was two years, two weeks ago. I mean, he's been productive. He was, he was the number one scorer in running back this past week. Yes. Against Jacksonville, but you know, 10 mm-hmm. targets at a 60% uh, target rate. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying it's something to monitor. Um, if Jackson gets deployed in that third down role, that's something to pretty much take note because that's going to give him value. It's it, it's Hines going to flat out lose that job right away. I, 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 I don't think so. I don't think it'll start that way, but I think you could start to see shades of Jackson eating into some snaps. So and, it's, even, it's, it's, and even if he does, though, Naeem Hines has to completely go away 
before well, that I mean, has I mean, Heinz is done. I mean, yeah. It, the fact is, is that <clears throat> when Heinz on the field, he gets, I mean, he's, he gets targeted. It's just, I don't, I, as you know, to Ryan's point, like Heinz shouldn't be in over Jackson. At this point, Jackson, you should see what you have in Jackson. Is no, he shouldn't be, but yeah. we both know that's not what how the NFL works. Well, they, I mean, right. it's just it's it's yeah. They're gonna ride better and different every yeah. time. Yeah, but yeah, I I I will say it's something to monitor because Jackson's usage as a starter is surprisingly better than both Hines and Taylor. It's something scary. to monitor. Yeah, it's just something to for watch. a potential offseason pickup. I yes. mean, it, it could be something to monitor if he starts to see shades of it over the next couple of weeks. And he eats in the Heinz role. Heinz will probably start whatever. It's just, Heinz has got to go away. I'm, I'm want, done with this. Unless you want part of a Heinz. three-headed backfield, but we know we hate those. So, <laughs> well, yeah, but at least it's, it's you know these guys are getting targeted. <laughs> mm-hmm. When targets get split three ways, though, then nobody wins. Yeah. Just saying, you that know sounds that. like a that sounds like a sad emo son. <laughs> Next by My Chemical Romance. When targets get split three ways, nobody, nobody wins. wins. Sounds like a Fallout Boy song. It, it, that it sounds like a thrice. Sounds like a brand new song. It could be a, could be a brand new song. Ooh, uh, taking back Sunday. Taking back Sunday. Yeah. Sammy Watkins designated to return. Who cares? He okay, should, cool. He should be cute without the E cup from the team. <laughs> ah, look at that ah, I love it uh, Kyron Williams designated her to return and could have a big role when he gets back end quote with Cam Akers on his way out <laughs> I mean, we already know what John McVay how John McVay feels about Daryl Anderson and his usage yeah he wants to keep it limited that means Kyron Williams is going to have a role right it's going to be glorious you're going to see all the all the Kyron truthers come out and then they're going to go away after one week when they realize you're how much just he sucks. Gonna, yeah. well, you're, 10 you're, carries you're, for 13 yards. He won't even get 10 carries. You know what? <laughs> He'll get 10 snaps. You know what? Hold on. I got to vet this real quick. 10 carries for 13 yards. Let me look something up real quick. It's <laughs> <laughs> very specific. This. Uh... Oh, that, that's, that's really weird. Uh, you know who doesn't have a stat line in pro football reference right now, though? No. Isaiah Spiller. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to get on the field again. So, Ky- so Kyron Williams is going to be more productive than Isaiah Spiller, and that's what I'm here for. Wah, wah. Yeah, even with 10 for 13 yards. If you don't think I'm going to victory lap that, I just, I mean, I know you will. Yeah. It'll be, the, fat, it'll right be the fat ass, fat ass 5K running around that track while I victory <laughs> lap. We're going to be waddling. It might be an Olympic power walk instead. Of, <laughs> oh my God. It's going to happen. Look at, I'd say, look at Karen Williams. He got 10 snaps. Uh, look, look at three Karen. yards in one catch. I appreciate that it sounds like you just said Karen Williams. Look at Karen <laughs> Williams. This is grandma. It's, he's going to dye his hair. He's going to bleach his hair, then dye it brown. So he's get the, the stripe. I actually gotta going. go look. Did I have Kyron? I don't know that I had Kyron Williams. I had no, you'd make you'd make fun of everybody who drafted him and Isaiah Spiller. I don't, I'd be shocked if you have him anywhere. Uh, we're gonna look real quick <laughs> because I don't feel like if I don't, I don't feel like I can victory laugh it. Other than, man, well, if you I, don't, you can victory laugh because <clears> it's, it was smart on you not to draft him, not to you draft either of them, right? Yeah. 
Well, at least Kyron Williams is pretty much free. Isaiah Spiller was still going in the first round in people's fucking rookie drafts. I had him uh, right to get. I had him right there together. There's a big. There's a big difference in 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 draft value there. Like that's massive. But yeah. the answer was never. Was always neither. Yeah, I had them right together. They were. Yeah, they they were right there together with something called Tyler Goodson. So. Oh, Iowa. I actually had Spiller a tick, i.e. like two points ahead of Williams in my ratings. Same tier, one position ahead. <laughs> All right. It's peer pressure. Anyway, enough. Jameson Williams is going to play this season. Brandon Cooks did not practice on Wednesday. And Hopper's choking. Hopper's dying. He got really choked up. With, <laughs> Talk with... about Carson Wentz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's all choked up. Did I drink his milk? <laughs> it's like a fucking adult type adult uh, adult bottle. Oh my god, that was so funny. Mama. Milk. He'll <laughs> Can somebody get him some milk? He's so choking. Thank God. It's, oh, you guys aren't talking about Carson Wentz like I told you to. <laughs> and then he burped in the... He, and he got burped like a bit. It's time for bed now, bud. I don't know yeah. what just happened there. <laughs> Saving my life brought to you by Discraft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. Yeah, so Carson Wentz. Nope, nope. Now we're... We're back to wherever I was. Sam Tarnold. Oh Give me some Winston. No, I I think the only I think the only big thing we have left to talk about is Carson Wentz breaking his finger, right? Yeah, I'd be the only major. We're gonna see Taylor Heineke with Sam Howell backing uh, him up. We could see Sam Howell Sunday. We could see Sam Howell on Sunday. He's one he injury could. away. He's one injury away. One injury he's, away. <laughs> he's no, he's he's one poor half away. <clears throat> yeah. Or that, but yeah, that will be the the backup. All right, cool. And let's round table these. I'm just gonna throw out a game from last week. If we have any thoughts, say them. We'll move on. Okay. Okay. Um, Commanders Bears. Justin Fields. What about Justin Fields? Just Justin Fields coming. No, <laughs> the the Commanders like freaking cornerbacks would suck. So yeah, you can throw yeah. all, them all day. So whoever plays, they let him air it out finally. Yeah, if you have a receiver that's going against Commanders, start him. Mm-hmm. Donnell Mooney's got three straight games with, with over 100 air yards. The Bears would have won that game if it wasn't for that no call pi <laughs> oh in the God. end zone. Like, Probably never need Thursday night games. Darnell ever. Booney had a bad drop, but that no call pi the play beforehand is what really sealed that one. Yeah, because Pettis was definitely hooked up in the back of the end zone. I mean, that was a huge. It wasn't even subtle. That was a blatant miss. Yeah. Uh no, I I I I I miss him. You know, it feels mainly because he's it's starting to come together. I don't think it'll be how productive he'll be within this offense, but. I'm seeing shades of growth, a lot of growth. He needs an offensive line. He needs receivers more and than receivers. he needs an offensive line. 
No, he needs he needs yeah. He needs everything. <laughs> yeah. He needs both. I, I don't know. He needs everything. Bears offensive line doesn't actually rate out that terribly, I don't think. It's not fantastic, don't get me wrong, but it's not like bottom of the league either. Um, I know he's pressured a good amount, but I mean, there's more to that than just okay, he's pressured. Guy. Well, no, I mean, part of being pressured is how long does it take you to get the ball out, too? What's his time to release? It's not, you know, it's not just I'm being, if I hold the ball for five seconds and I'm being pressured, no shit, I'm being pressured. Yeah. So I don't think that's all on the line. I think it's more of he doesn't have anybody that can get open. Yeah, there's a lot of problem with separation on the, within that receiving core. He needs, he needs help a lot of places. He needs to, you know, with all that money that they have, expect them to spend it on this receiving core and hopefully yeah. get some actually uh, good names in there. Especially somebody that's a quarterback that kind of has to see it first. He doesn't have phenomenal anticipation. He's a playmaker and he's hyper athletic and he can play, you know, that backyard style of football and he's got the arm and all the the raw traits, but he's a, a, he's a player that has to see it. And if you don't and have somebody that long. can... Yeah, if you don't have somebody that can separate quick, then you're never going to see it. You got a problem there. Yeah. Brian Robinson Jr. is my takeaway from this. Um, congrats to him. Not hyper efficient, but 17 for 60 and a touchdown is a very, very good fantasy day. Um, you know, not at all involved in in the receiving game, but plenty involved in the rushing game. That should continue going forward. So uh, congratulations to him on a good comeback. Uh, first two games against Tennessee, he was he was limited in his usage. Neither game was hyper efficient, but if the volume's there, then you got yourself a good RB too. If uh, it's volume's there, then you become Najee Harris. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Brunch. All right, moving on. Giants Ravens. The Giants Andy, are serious. The, the Giants, Giants are, are for real. The yeah. Giants are are winning ugly fucking games. I'm all hey, here wins for a win. It reminds me of the Titans of a couple of years ago. At least the Titans were productive on offense. Not the Giants that. are just fucking. They're no, winning no, ugly. No. Not that fun team before they got AJ Brown. Oh yeah, you remember the year where they were? They went. I think it was Rabel's first year as head coach. That team where they traded for Tannehill midseason. That AJ Brown. He was a rookie. That was 19. Was it? Yeah. That was when he went off. They traded for... uh, They beat the Ravens because that was Lamar Jackson's MVP season. They went into Baltimore, upset Baltimore. And then they... um, they, Yeah, and then they almost beat the Chiefs because they had a lead up on the Chiefs too and lost that game, but... That was uh, Ryan Tannehill's hyper-efficient year. I think A.J. Brown was like one of the most efficient receivers that season. You know, that was what, because Mariota got hurt early season. Yeah, we talked about that a few weeks ago. That's what it was, yeah. 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 That, off, that, that offense was... It was pretty just, bad. It was it pretty was, bad that year. It was, well, it was just extremely efficient. I mean, it was big plays after big plays, and then Derrick Henry. Daniel was- Jones is being, I mean, it's it's... They're winning ugly, but their defense is fucking legit. It needs to be respected, you know, in talks to fantasy too. Um, it's 
It's just how it goes. You teams, you know, you see teams like this pop up every now and then. I mean, a playoff team, I don't know, but yeah, I don't know about that. But every now and then, you do, and they probably will get in as a wild card, and they don't go ever go deep in the playoffs. But they get embarrassed because they actually play against a a decent team. team. Yeah, <laughs> as much as I love Baltimore, they're there. Yeah, uh, they haven't really beat anybody. They can win ugly though. Um, they can. They absolutely can. Yeah, my biggest takeaway here was good game for Kenyon Drake. He still has some value, especially if Dobbins can't play. That's Justice Hill's been hurt too. So they they need Rashad Bateman back. He's the holy hell lone guy, right? but Kenyon Drake had a hell of a game. Yeah. Jags Colts. Travis Etienne's finally. It's, it's coming, dude. It's coming. Dude, man. it's, it's everything's shifting his way. As soon as that touchdown hits, everyone's going to start victory laughing. As soon as yeah. touchdown hits, he's going to be impossible to trade for. You're going to try oh, to trade yeah. for him now or try to sell him after the touchdown. Cause... ETN was more efficient. James Robinson had more carries. I don't know what the snap percentages were. More reception, receiving work, obviously, for uh, It's so close. Like, ETN, but like it's, it's not going to be a Breed Saul Michael Carter situation, I don't no. think. But... I think you get 50-50, you're fine with both. Yeah, it's... Uh... He's coming though. That he's coming everywhere. That offense <laughs> is uh he's hyper efficient in big plays. So my takeaway here is Christian Kirk. Ever since the first three weeks, he's kind of gone away. Um he did have two receptions on nine targets for 60 yards against Philly, but then pretty absent against Houston. And you know, outside of the touchdown saving his day, not a fantastic run against the Colts. So definitely a situation to to monitor here as you know things trend in you know games that might be a little bit closer. Um you know that aren't <laughs> lopsided victories or, or losses or whatever. You're gonna have to keep an eye on Christian Kirk is is kind of what I'm saying. You may not be a weekend week out start that you don't have better options than yeah just because it's trended down the last three weeks after a hot start. So it's the giants this week. That's not terrible, but then week eight against Denver should give you some pause. So you're going to have to pay some attention to his utilization. And we already talked about Deion Jackson. There's Michael Pittman breakout game, by the way, not really a breakout game, but Michael Pittman, say, he's, a, he's already broken out. He's yeah. already broken out, but he had another, he had an upside game. Just prove that he's, He's good at football. Yeah. Long as he's utilized, he, he's good. So, I mean, we're starting to see what that's going to look like, though. And he's got six target floor with with some true upside. So, that's good to see for Pittman. Not everybody's going to be – not anybody really is going to be perfect all season, every game. So, yeah. He's a solid wide receiver, too. Yeah. Patriots, Browns, Bailey Zappi. There's uh, it's a lot of conversation. I don't, I don't see it happening. I don't, I, I don't think so. But if if Mac Jones comes out and struggles, or that or that team's not winning games with them, there's it's gonna be a lot of fucking, a lot of people talking. Upset fans. Well, there's gonna be a lot, a lot of conversations. Uh, gonna be a lot of Patriots fans that want Bailey Zappi. Yeah. yeah. And this is something I will victory lap because I believe I said. In the offseason, Bailey Zappi was the best quarterback in this class that wasn't, you know, in that top five discussion or top four discussion where, you know, you had the Matt Corrals and Sam Howells battling it out. 
you know, I Bailey Zappi was the guy that I pinpointed that could be the sneaky guy in this class that ends up being productive, and he's looked good so far. Yeah, he's looked really good. We'll give you the soft. We'll give you the soft victory lap. Victory walk. I, I can't take we'll a full one right walk. now. No, we're, we're more like doing a victory hundred meter dash right now. We're not doing. <laughs> the, we're not doing the full lap yet. But just hey. I got to take quarterback wins where I can get them, man. I was high on you Drew do. Locke. I was high on Mitch Trubisky. I was. I mean, we all do have yeah. to take them. They're the hardest position to scout. On Chad oh my God, we got to take it when when it happens. Fucking impossible. Um, Brown side of this, Donovan Peoples Jones is something I want to call attention to. So, he, um, is somebody that I've noticed on a lot of my waiver wires. That is somebody you can consider as a bi-week plug-in. He's had a five-target floor over the last three weeks. He's been over 50 yards each of the last three weeks. It's not super pretty, but when you get need a bi-week fill-in, what you really want is somebody that's not going to give you a dud. Uh, they're going up against Baltimore this week. Um, Baltimore has gotten healthy in the secondary, so you don't love it, but we've also seen that wide receivers can't produce in that type of matchup, so... You know, I like where the target floor has been at, um, you know, really other than weeks two and three, he's given you wide receiver two or flex value. So um, just something I want to call out there on, on people's Jones. Yeah. And uh, as much as I hate to continue to say it, but Watson was one of the best uh, deep ball passers in Houston. Yes. And you're going to get, you're going to get him paired up. You can, you know, I'm not going to take full credit for this as a take from, from one of the Podfathers shows, but there's some spike weeks coming to him, and uh, you know, pick him up early now and stash him if you got the space. Might be a little tough in smaller roster leagues since you're going through apocalypse, but uh, Peoples Jones is going to have some big boom weeks coming up, especially like after it. especially after Watson's rust wears off. And he's on waivers right now, so go ahead and go get yeah. him for a uh, oh yeah, he's easy for to a pick up right week now. fill in, and then hold on to that. Yep. Um, Bengal Saints. It wasn't. I mean, Bengals for the most. Jamar part, Chase is very good, and that buy window that you that was given to us for like a week is gone. <laughs> it slammed shut so hard. Oh you hurt. And Joe Mixon is a little, little bit concerning right now. No hundred yard games, one t- one rush touchdown mm-hmm. on the season, um, and the receiving work is you know, not necessarily consistently been there, and the production just. Hasn't been at all. One receiving touchdown, one game over 30 receiving yards. So, um, I mean, he's still an RB. I mean, he's got two rushing touchdowns on the year. He's got two touchdowns on the year. He's got his lowest lowest targeted game is, you know, three, which sucks. But his total yards is averaging right around that 60 mark. It's, It's not it's not what you it's not what you wanted for the cost of what it took to get him. No, it's still an RB two though, but he's it, a better Zeke, right? It's not pretty, but you know, yeah. you know that the volume's gonna be there, and right. you you just hope that he, the touchdowns fall into his favor. And since his yeah. offense gets more, I guess he's looking like what he did last, like a couple years ago. Remember how he started out really slow, like this, and then took year. off the second. I thought it was the year before that. I mean, he's only had. I mean, it's been kind of. Well, look, I have. He's been I a have his player profiler go up. No, he was. Uh, he was very good last year. Yeah, it was. He it, was holy shit. But it wasn't. I think it was two, the year before. Two, the year before. The year that, before. He, just like year before he went on IR. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the year before that, and he was. He, out and, and he was slow. also good that year too. Yeah. 
But like he started out slow and then took uh, off. He like was also five or he six. was also good that year too. <laughs> Twenty eight. No, like he, no, like he was good. But if you look at like the like the first few, no, weeks, I'm he, like, looking at doing... I'm looking at the game logs. I am not looking at the overall. I am looking at the game logs. It was his rookie year where he was hurt pretty much the entire time. His I mean, night was crap. I mean. I mean, 19 was, I mean, to Ryan's point, 19 was, the start that year was very up and down. That was also with the beta Bandy Dalton. I don't think he played much that year. Obviously, Burrow wasn't there yet because he was still, you know, you know, with LSU. And he had, was it like like Brandon Allen? Yeah, Brandon Allen. fucking quarterback? Like, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it was towards the end of the year, you know, to Ryan's point where he, he went. He had starting, a couple he went higher. He had some p- points in that season though earlier on though that were higher water than he's been this season too. Yeah. So it's just a touchdown all this season. So it's just the touchdowns have it come its way. And Cincinnati's offense has looked pedestrian. Like that offensive line, like it looks worse than one takeaway that you know, one takeaway so far is when you make that much of a change on you know, on the offensive line, no matter how good the players may be, like individually, we may need to, you know, take some concern into that because yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing that concerns me though, right? The the yards per attempt efficiency is down by I mean, he's averaging three point three yards per attempt right now. That's not good. Yeah. In no matter how you spin that, and this is a guy that only averages four point one on his career. So never been hyper efficient. The yards per game is is down by about seventeen or eighteen. The attempts per game is the lowest it's been since 2019 um yards per reception is lower the offensive line i think is hurting him uh, as far as is blocking that goes but you know uh 28th in the league in run block yeah. efficiency receiving yards per game is up but i mean he's number right. one in you know he's number one in red zone touches he's top five in targets he's top four in carries the touchdowns haven't gotten its way and because the offense as you mentioned you know a bad offensive line. The offense has not been productive, and they can't sustain drives to keep, you know, him running. And, you know, and, and him getting down to the goal line more. It's actually impressive. He's got the most red zone touches with wow. this offense struggling. So I think as we're starting to see Cincinnati's offense start to improve, I think makes this number. It's a good argument, argument for a buy low argument right now. I guess. Oh yeah. My easily. argument though isn't that the touchdowns haven't gone his way either. You can say the touchdowns fix it. But there's more wrong than just the touchdowns haven't gone his way. He's 54th in yards per touch, 63rd in true yards per carry, 53rd in juke rate, 38th in evaded tackles, 52 in breakaway run rate. He's 28th in run blocking rating, which is not great when uh, there's 32 teams in the league. Yeah, and 32 I'm not saying running backs, and it's bad. The touchdowns could certainly help, but it's damn sure not the only thing that's wrong, and not the only thing that hasn't gone his way that's leading to a down year. He's I mean, second yeah. in stuffed runs. I would like to see the efficiency go up, an improvement in the offense as a whole. Well, yeah, because touchdowns are fluky. I don't want to trust. A, I don't want to trust somebody that I got to rely on touchdowns to make their day. I want well, the efficiency to be there. Also, the whole. Running backs are are scoring less than we've ever seen, not ever, but what we've seen over the past six, seven years. Yeah, I look at him as a buy low candidate because of the opportunity that's continued to be there in a running back world right now, where it's been what Barkley, McCaffrey. That's is 
McCaffrey is a four. He's kind of it. He's yeah. Down. So yeah, it, it's just it's not running backs whole aren't pretty. Like I'm not happy with Mixon because of the cost again, but so I can definitely see some. I think know, the argument. There's some better days, I think. I, had. I think what spread this one for me is looking at it and saying, yeah, I don't have to start him over Josh Jacobs. Oh, no, no. Because yeah. Josh Jacobs, so, for some reason, he's the only running back that's gotten massively improved. It's, I feel like this Since week one. Like, thanks to Josh McDaniels for fucking using them in the way that we all wanted him to be used since, you know, since he's a rookie. Right. He's getting used in the passing game, and he's he's looked better than he's ever looked. Yep. He just took he it until his fourth year. Yeah. He looks powerful. Uh, run powerfully. Okay, enough <laughs> on that game. Uh, Bucks Steelers. I don't really have anything on this one either. Kind of a mad game for the Buccaneers. Steelers defense, from what I saw out of that game, was super fired up in this one. And Najee Harris scored a touchdown. So Najee Harris finally scored a touchdown. touchdown. So, you, so you can sell him. <laughs> uh, Niners Falcons. Me. Atlanta. Hey, Kyle Pitts that got it. a touchdown, guys. Yeah, but so 19 yards. Him. Hey, I don't care. He probably got a fucking touchdown. It's tight ends. That's all we care about. Oh, my God. It's, so <laughs> it's the exact opposite of everybody else. 19 exactly why yards. you don't overpay for a tight end that had one <laughs> touchdown last year. He's already hit his last season touchdown total. And we, um, He's matched it. He might double it here. Caleb Huntley and Tyler Algier are splitting work and both looking mediocre doing it. Shocking. And... Really nothing for San Francisco. They had no rush attack to speak of, especially after Jeff Wilson fumbled. Uh, George Kittle finally got utilized, um, just got uh just missed the touchdown. Yeah. Because uh Jimmy Garoppolo sucks. <laughs> hey, Brees Hall's good at football. Thank He's God. Very good at football. Thank God. Looking at Jets Packers. Jordan Love got into a game. <laughs> I can't wait for Aaron Rodgers to retire. Robert Tunney. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious. Robert Tunyon, 10 receptions for 90 yards in this one. He is well, their wide receiver, too. That's what happens when you don't have any fucking real receiving options. <laughs> he doesn't trust anybody because he hates throwing to rookies. How dare you besmirch the name of Alan Lazard? It's a good wide receiver. You know, two, he three. had a touchdown. He had a touchdown. He's, he's got... Yeah, he's, he's had a touchdown four of the five weeks this year. Yeah. Someone's got to catch... Shot, someone's got to catch touchdowns. There's yeah. love right there. He's... He didn't play week one, so yeah. He's got four touchdowns in five games, and the one game he didn't, he had 116 yards. That's a week-in, week-out start to me, bub. I'll take it. Flex, let's go. Wide receiver three. Vikings-Dolphins. You got a Mike Gusecki cell window. <laughs> you do have a Mike Gusecki cell window. That's <clears throat> good And Lord. how injured, sorry. And how injured was uh was Teddy Bridgewater really? You're good. Something just climbed my leg. Whoa, it's the kitty. It's right, the kitties. Yeah, it just used my leg as a climbing post. And oh, you know, mean, you ever had little claws dig into you, it hurts. Oh, so. I know. Oh, I know very much so. Um yeah, Jalen Waddle, by the way. We threw some ice water on that and uh that didn't work out well for us. Generally happens, you know. You got to get these guys. You got to, you know, throw some shade at them for them to really show their true, their true dominant well, colors. We also didn't expect Skylar Thompson to get hurt early on, and Teddy Bridgewater to come back in either. So I feel like that was planned. That was all fixed. 
Yeah, they wanted so. a Teddy revenge game. So sorry, revenge. I don't buy into this. It you know, random it. injury. It's it it, it 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 was all fake. I drum up the ratings. <laughs> it worked. It worked. Can I have my my hand back? I gotta move to a different game here. Yeah. There's a cat on the show. There is. Go back to Cincinnati. You got some pussy in the show. Bingle. Where was I? No, don't even think about it. I see you trying to climb my leg again. Um Panthers Rams. BJ Walker, not great. He Jacob sucks. Eason, also not great. Oh my god. <laughs> Although he only threw the ball five times and equal PJ Walker's yardage. <laughs> uh Jacob Eason is better for this team than PJ Walker. Can we get Jacob Eason, please? <laughs> it's like so how embarrassing. Like, how do you how can you even go out there with a team like that? I mean, look now, at DJ Moore. Now the it's other like, one. Ugh. Ah, uh, I feel bad for DJ Moore. He's the next Allen Robinson, except it's it's actually more talented and worse luck. <laughs> more very talented. sad. Allen Robinson, talented. speaking of which, finally got uh, put a good game together. Still window. Dan's uh, selling everyone. You get a touchdown, sell them. Uh, sell them. It's a breakout. It's. <laughs> I mean, that Rams, that Rams team is so dis, dysfunction. Oofta. Oofta. Speaking of Oofta, Cardinal Seahawks. Oofta. Oh, my God. Can we get, like, can we get Cliff the fuck out of there? I mean, I'm not, I, I know Kyler has not been great this year by any means, but fuck, man, Cliff. It's so bad. Geno Smith, first bad game of the year. Kenneth Walker played really well. 97 yards and a tutty. Trade for him. There you go. Also you buy high. Buy 13 high receiving yards for 110 scrimmage yard day. Um, Zach Ertz continues to be a good tight end. Rondo Moore. Rondo Moore. Rondo Moore getting targeted. Should Bills, only get, I think it should get better when Nuck comes back. Uh, Bill's Chiefs. This week. Tony Romo had a really good prediction on this one. Because it did end up being a twenty-four to twenty game when he called it in the first quarter. Man, is there any team in Buffalo's level? They just they should just win everything. Just give them the title now. They're back for it. That yeah, that game was a really good game. I liked it. Was it, it was, was was a good game. Another thing that didn't work out for us was about the scantling call. He had no targets. <laughs> no. Fucking, yeah, I thought he had three targets, no catches. Three targets, no catches. That's what it was. Fucking target, goose egg, well, yeah. Target probably went into the tank and he goose egged you. Well, Juju Smith-Schuster finally had a good week. <laughs> I so, mean, Juju had, right? a, he had a hell of a play, man. That breakaway tackle for the touchdown. Oh, man. it's uh, I'm here for it. Come on. Come on. Uh, Cowboys, Eagles. Cowboys, Eagles, Zeke finally outproduced Tony Pollard. Finally. So high. So high. So window. He got a touchdown. So <laughs> he never touchdown. So, so did Jake Ferguson. There's your so window. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jake Ferguson. Jesus Christ. Bye, bye, bye. And Dak's back. They're your two best teams in the NFC right there. Devonta Smith continues to have Consistent wide receiver two, wide receiver three value. By the way, that's the that's the other takeaway. He's been outside week of one really. Week, it's, yeah. Well, week four was a little down, seventeen yards, no touchdowns. <laughs> other, other than those two, he's been good. So, 
there's some volatility to him still, but as the Eagles offense continues to get, you know, better, I expect him to, you know, to be able to benefit from it. Do you have the hiccups? A little bit. All right. Okay. Let's keep her moving. Broncos, Chargers, gutsy game by Dustin Hopkins. Fuck the Chargers for letting him play. Jesus Christ, man. He was in some pain. Every single kick, it was like the worst thing in the world for him. And he made like every one of them. It's insane. Yeah. Four for four. Who did a 50 plus? He, he had a 50 plus. I he, think he did. I I, I thought the yeah, first or second field goal no, went for his 50. Long, his long was 39. Okay. Okay. Good then. Good. So good. they were all under 40, but man, he had a rough one. That offense needs Keenan Allen. My fucking that, God, that offense needs that Keenan offense Allen back. Needs Keenan Allen and the Broncos offense needs something. It was not a good game. <laughs> for a hope and a prayer. <laughs> it's, oh my yeah. God. It was Besides good, that first or two drives, it was fucking ugly. It was not a good game for anybody. Dulcich got the touchdown. Uh, Melvin Gordon rode the pine after Ooh, like man. you might get traded. Drive. No, they had a uh, he had a really good conversation with Nathaniel Hackett, and he's still the starter. But we'll see what that actually means. So, so it's all Nathaniel Hackett. Latavius Murray, fifteen carries in this one for sixty-six yards. So. We'll see what it means and how Gordon's utilized this week, but Latavius Murray got the bulk of the work. They deserve to lose that game. Yeah. That was they fuck them. did fuck deserve them. to lose that game. Uh, Corlin's only had like three targets. They deserve to lose that game. <laughs> yeah, bad game. Oh, my God. All right. Right on cue. Let's look at this week. All right. Oh, perfect. Oh, hold no. on before this- we start. We gotta look at bye weeks. Sorry, I want to start getting in the habit of doing this before. And, we... th- and this is the one week, This is one week you don't want to skip. No, yeah. this is not one you want to skip. So this is not the most teams on buy in a week, but it is one of the most, if not the most, fantasy impactful bye week. Week nine. And look week... at the receivers lost. Yeah, a lot. That a lot of shit is explain like your top five receive like. Four of your top five receivers are are gone in this game. Yeah, weeks 9, 10, 14, also bad, but I don't think you're losing the total amount of fantasy talent maybe in week 10 as you are this week. So, yeah, for the Bills, you have you lost Gabe Davis. You've lost Stephon Diggs. You've lost Evan Singletary. You've lost Austin Knox. You've lost Isaiah McKenzie, who would normally be a solid bye week fill-in. For the Rams, no Allen Robinson, no Cooper Cup, no Daryl Henderson. For the Vikings, you lose Cook, Thielen, and Jefferson. And for the Eagles, you've lost Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, and Jalen Hurts. You also lose Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, and Matthew Stafford. Cousins and Stafford also would be two people you would look at as streaming fill-ins. So, lot of implications by this by week um if it you know definitely one of the four worst weeks for the fantasy season as far as buys go yeah i mean just with how important like the top wide receivers have been with the struggles of running backs it's just this and with how much exposure they seemed you know uh, philly was a very popular team to get exposure to buffalo always is minnesota was a very much talked about offense to try to be a part of and then the Rams in the same bowl with the addition of Allen Robinson to it. It, it, it. It's just, I mean, it hasn't gone their way as much as, it, you know, as the other teams, but 
I look at my rosters across the board. I don't think there's a team in this, in my whole mixture of fucking shit I have. It doesn't have at least one player from those teams. Uh, I had a dynasty. Significant. I had a yeah. dynasty league le- because of this by week. I had a dynasty league that I looked at. It was my dynasty league. Yeah. That I looked at and said, holy shit, I don't have enough. That I don't like, I don't have a wide receiver I can start. It was like <laughs> Greg Dorch on that roster. And I'm like, I don't have a wide receiver I can start. <laughs> I started uh, looking at trades and then just went to the waiver wire because I saw DPJ out there. But it's bad. It's uh, it's real bad. All right, go ahead, Dan. Oh, we're kicking off Thursday night. Yeah, kicking off Thursday oh, night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thursday night football. Cardinals at the Saints. Uh, Cardinals are two and a half point favorites. 43 and a half is the game total. Uh, don't bet this game. Actually, bet the under, and that's it. That's that's literally all you do. Because fuck Thursday and fuck these games. Yeah. 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 No, nah, bet the under because they always go under. Yep. Um, for the Cardinals, uh, you uh, you know Benjamin had a chance and he didn't do a lot with it. Hopkins is back. Go ahead and play Hopkins and Ertz and Murray, and I don't want anything else on this one. Um, and it's not because I think they're gonna blow up, but you don't get cute on Thursday nights. Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, the only two I want for the Saints. Don't get cute trying to predict the tight ends. Juwan Johnson always at the top of tight end uh free agency list, and I have not yet figured out why. It sucks targets at least. Like, like so, if you're in a points per target league, go get John Johnson. He, I'm, and who else are you gonna pick up? Well, you'll pick him up. You'll start Johnson, and then uh, um, and then some other random. Yeah, sure. Let's see, Daniel Bellinger, who's at least had he's five. In the same positions. He's in the same spot. Yeah, but he's had more than twenty yards this year, and two touchdowns. Well, everyone's saying Johnson because the uh, Arizona Cardinals ranked 31st against the tight end, so everyone uh-huh. scores. No, I'm not just talking this week. He's literally been at the top end of the tight end free agency list every time I've looked at it for since like week two. That's so gross. I, I don't I want can't him. Figure, can't figure it out why. I, I don't know. That's that's my answer. It's a good answer. I like it. Meh. Meh. Anyway, Chris Olave, <laughs> Alvin Kamara, don't, do not get cute on the Thursday night games because they've been very, very bad. Abysmal. Yep. I wouldn't say anything DFS. Hopper already hit all on it, so we can move on. Don't be cute. All right. Lions at the Cowboys. Return to Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Return of Amara St. Brown. The return of Amara St. Brown. DeAndre Swift. Dak Prescott. The Cowboys are seven point favorites at home. Uh, 48 and a half is the game total. Look. We don't really know what where the offense, where the the Lions' offense stands after uh, uh, getting goose egg before their bye week. Um, we should have have some hopeful returns to this, but Dallas's defense is also very good. And while the Lions on paper had a good offensive line, the uh, the Cowboys' pass rush is is also so very good. And Javon uh, Diggs has decided to not get as many turnovers, but just become a shutdown corner. I like. To bet nothing in this game. I don't like seven <laughs> points. I think it's too much. Um, because Lions offense could come alive with players they've, coming back healthy finally. They've only had one bad, one really bad week on offense. So. Yeah, yeah. And and uh the game total, I think, is set perfectly. If you're gonna lean anything, I would lean Detroit because you're getting seven points and 
they like to make things cute, but I'm not betting this game. Yeah, Detroit gets tough because you don't know who's going to be healthy either. Um, coming off by Amon Ross St. Brown's practicing in full. We fully expect that DeAndre Swift is going to be back because this has been the timeline the whole time. Um, and you're starting both of them. But, you know, what you don't know is who that third option is going to be. If you're missing Chark and Reynolds, then you can reasonably say that Hawkinson's in line for a decent game again. Um, if you're not, you know, then you start looking maybe Josh Reynolds' way is a potential flex fill-in. Um, but you really need to see what happens there. So this is going to be one of those wait until Sunday morning and tune in type of situations on the Lions. For the Cowboys, we fully expect Dak to be back. Um, CeeDee Lamb's been the only wide receiver we're starting, though. We don't necessarily know what it's going to look like between Noah Brown and um, Michael Gallup once Dak gets back. We don't know what the state of Dalton Schultz is. He's practicing in full, but he was last week, too, until he couldn't go. So, you know, this is a tough one to predict just because of all the injuries that have been surrounding both teams. So I'm just going to go relatively chalk here. It's another one where I'm not really trying to pick out guys that I'm going to gonna stream from or, or get cute with. If Schultz has been dropped and he's healthy, then, yeah, if you need him as a streamer tight end because you had, you know, Tyler Higby or something like that or Dawson Knox, then, yeah, it's, it's probably one of the more side laden options but absolutely not something you have to do other than that zeke pollard yeah you're you're gonna play both of them especially with the players that you have on by and then cd lamb dak for the lions you could look at a jared goff stream he's had one bad week um so you could look at a jared goff stream but as dan mentioned the cowboys have been pretty pretty good on defense uh, as far as points allowed to quarterbacks go, they're near the bottom of the league and allowing fantasy points to quarterbacks. So something's got to give, right? It's not going to be a high performance, but it should be good enough if you need to stream off. Yeah, and the one I would skip on would be uh, Hawkinson because they're pretty good at shutting down the tight end also. Yeah, I just think that it could be high scoring enough if you're missing one of those secondary pieces, but I think you're right, especially if Chark and Reynolds are healthy. Hawkinson's going to be a heavy fade. Yeah, because he'll be. I should, say, I should say Chark or Reynolds, not and <laughs> or logical or if one of the two is healthy, it's going to be a heavy fade on Hawk. I, I can definitely see him play more in line too to help chip. You know, me. You know, maybe on Parsons' side. Parsons. Yeah, especially because the choice offensive line has been banged up this entire year. Too yeah. ugly. And if Shark and Reynolds are out, like a good sneaky start could be Khalif Raymond in DFS at thirty seven hundred. But I also like, like you were saying, like it was hard to like figure out how to start uh, Michael Gallup and Noah Brown. But I actually like Michael Gallup because his uh, target share has actually gone up. He was actually second in targets last week. To see, he had what seven? Yeah, he had seven, seven targets, to, and it's gone up every week. To see the Lambs ten plus his snap share has gone up every week. Also, so I think with Dak Prescott coming back up, that's going to be a nice connection to have back. And the power and Pollard Elliott, those are good deals too. Six thousand for Elliott, fifty seven hundred for Pollard. I'm down for that. This could be a sneaky game to stack if you think the if you think the Lions' offense can keep pace. This is uh, mm. we know that both offices can be explosive, especially you know Cowboys with Dak coming back and everyone kind of getting healthy. Um. Their offensive line's also a bit shaky. And, uh, you know, pass rush, I don't know how well Hutchinson's been, but if, I feel like 
I hear his name called a bunch, so in the positive way. He's quick. He is quick. All right. Colts at the Titans. Titans are two and a half point favorites at home. 42 and a half is the game total. Tennessee's right in a, th- a three game uh, cover streak. It's we just don't know what what Colts offense we're going to get. Um, they play their they've scored their most points of the game this year at 34. Otherwise, they've been 20 or lower with the goose egg against Jacksonville back in September. Um, I'm taking the under. I, it, they, you know, 14 points more than what they've, they've been the second highest they've scored this year so far. It's hard for me to buy heavily into this Colts team as it, it usually hasn't found their identity. Um, you know, JT being healthy will help, but I mean, he played the start of this year and it's been just as ugly. So I'm taking the under, not betting the spread. Yep. So this is a game where you can find some wide receiver help with all the the wide receivers that were missing, yeah, particularly Robert Woods, leading target getter for for the Titans. He's got about a five target floor, so you could find some wide receiver two value there. But what I'm more interested in, if he's you know out there on waivers for some reason after the last couple of weeks, is Alec Pierce. Um, five, six, nine, and seven targets over the last four weeks. He's been right around that 50-yard mark, 49 last week, but he did have the touchdown. So he's giving you some really, really nice floor. Presents a piece that has a little bit of upside on a bye week that could still be floating around on your waiver wire. So he he is a, a guy that I like going into this week, um, as is Robert Woods, is, is pieces in this matchup that, that could provide you some fill-in value. Obviously, Michael Pittman you're going with, obviously, with Jonathan Taylor expected to be healthy and Derrick Henry expected to be healthy. You're you're rolling with them both of those. We talked about Deion Jackson a lot in the intro and why you shouldn't chase that immediately. Um tight end front, the other thing to keep in mind is if you want to take a guess and you are that def- desperate, uh Jelani Woods and Mo Ali Cox both have uh shown not a lot of value from a consistency standpoint, but Johnny Woods does have three touchdowns on the season on just five receptions. So, um, Jesus, uh, Bubba Franks, people, Bubba Franks, and Jared Foria is who I was thinking. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's or the, Joseph Foria, the Lions tight end. The Lions tight end. Oh, where all God. he did was catch tight ends. Yeah. You, know, um, yeah. you have one giant game from, from Allie Cox two weeks ago. So, I mean, they will get utilization in the red zone, though. You're just praying they catch a touchdown. Yeah, it's catching touchdown. Uh, looking at Alec Pierce already this week and me going up against that defense. I really actually really like him. And he's actually been doing pretty good. And he's had uh, three games back-to-back-to-back. To back to back Is this with, the uh, part where he repeats the stat lines they just read off for Alex P- Alec Pierce? No, he's just had double-digit fantasy points because uh DraftKings PPR. I like the way it's getting, especially with all the targets. And then it's just chalk with, I feel, Derrick Henry. And I don't know, how do you guys feel about sprinkling a little bit of Matt Ryan in here just because of the wide receivers around for him with, with uh, just no scoring up. Probably issues is there's no scoring upside to this offense right now. And if you're going to be sprinkling, you know, you know, a quarterback, you at least you want the offense to be productive. 389 yards and three touchdowns against Jacksonville. And their only good points. game, as we talked about, their only good scoring game. 356 and two touchdowns against Tennessee earlier in the year. Okay, cool. Two games. 
Yeah, but one of them was against the team he's literally playing, so I think you can stream him for sure. Yeah, I kind of like that one. Okay, we can move on. Okay, Giants at the Jaguars in in, in the most shocking uh, uh, spread maybe ever. Jacksonville is three-point favorites at home. Uh, a 41 and a half is the game total. Maybe Vegas knows something they that we don't know about. You know about Barkley and his shoulder injury because I don't know how they're favored. I don't know how Jacksonville's favored. They've been very inconsistent this year. And Giants is just all they've done is just win and just win against mediocre teams. You know, plus so Giants at plus three. I'll take the I'll take the money line at plus one thirty, and uh, I'll stay away from the game total because again, neither of these teams have been very consistent from a scoring standpoint on offense. Yeah. So the Giants really are not giving up points to the wide receiver, which you look at that and it doesn't bode well for Christian Kirk. But then you look at, at what they played and you you understand why they give up 14 to CD Lamb and non PPR, which is going to be higher in PPR. Once I change the scoring settings, <laughs> you have up 22 to CD Lamb. Um, but, you know, not. Yeah. So. They're not giving up blow-up games, but I think you could get a pretty good floor game out of Christian Kirk this week. So that is absolutely something to to keep in mind. Another th- play that I like is, is Zay Jones, who I believe, I think he had like five targets last week, and then before, I think he missed some games hurt. This is what happens when I'm looking at one thing, trying to talk about other things. <laughs> yeah, he's had 11, 8, and 5 targets the last three weeks, 9 targets back in week one, did miss a couple of games hurt. So Zay Jones in this game is also a, a relatively good fill-in target just because of the target volume that he is getting. The Giants are not giving up blow-up games to wide receivers, but they will give up some yardage to wide receivers and some some catches to wide receivers. So, um, you know, they're kind of playing a, a bend-don't-break sort of role, if you will sitting right in the middle of the pack and in PPR points. So something to pay attention to, but also they haven't really played anybody wide receiver wise. It's been Tennessee where Kyle Phillips was leading score in week one. And then DJ Moore, CD lamb, who we talked about, he went over 20 and then a lackluster bears offense, a lackluster green Bay offense and Baltimore with no Rashad Bateman. So, you know, a little Christian bit of a Kirk bounce back. What's that? I like a Christian Kirk bounce back. I don't know if it's a bounce back, but it's not going to be like, it's more of a bounce back to the mean. I don't think it's a bounce back to where you're going to like explode and get a huge Christian Kirk game. I, I think that Christian Kirk is going to be fine. And I think that Zay Jones is another guy you can plug in to not dodge you entirely. Um, obviously Travis Etienne and James Robinson, uh, both of those guys say be a wide receiver or running back two with some upside Robinson being the lower value to the two right now, but both of them are going to get work. They're pretty well in a 50, 50 split right now. So look at that for some plug-in value. We talked about Daniel Bellinger's potential plug-in, uh, at the tight end position. If you need somebody that's out there on waivers, he's at least getting in the three to five target range. So, you know, should give you at least a five point floor, which for tight ends is good. <laughs> it sounds ugly, but I'm not wrong there. Um, oh, you're it's, right. It's so bad, especially with the chance to to catch touchdowns. Uh, 
giant side, definitely Saquon Barkley. But I mean, other than that, there wasn't a whole, there's not been a whole lot impressive in that receiving game. Wandale Robinson was back, did catch a touchdown, but he did it on three receptions, four targets, and just 37 yards. So we'll see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm all over Travis Etienne this week. 5,400 still because he doesn't have a touchdown. So DraftKings yeah. has a caught up on that. I know, right? Where yeah. Saquon Brook is at 7,900. About to be chalk, man. Right? Etienne then, everywhere. It's funny that Hopper brought up uh, Wondell Robinson because I actually like him too at 4,500. He's such a nice, like, flex wide receiver three play because who else does Daniel Bellinger or not Daniel? Daniel Jones have to throw to? Nope. Same people. You know, it's just like. Same person. Yeah. Daniel Bellinger. Daniel Bellinger. That's, that's really it. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley just does everything. Please stay healthy. Yeah, exactly. Outside of that, nothing. That's the answer. Pretty much everything uh, you guys already said. Browns at the Ravens. <clears throat> Ravens are six and a half point favorites. 45 and a half is the game total. Both of these teams are not very good against the spread. Cleveland hasn't covered a game since uh, since their game against Pittsburgh in September. Um, their, their inconsistency of their offense has also been fairly ugly. And uh, it, Baltimore just struggles to close out games, as you've seen throughout the year. All three of their losses have come off the backs of them being up in the game by 10 or more points. Six and a half is a lot of points for a team that struggles to close games out. I will take Cleveland to finally cover a game in October. Uh, I'll take the plus six and a half. Um, the game total, again, scares me. The 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 hopeful return of Rashad Bateman should help open up the offense a little bit more and give this team the the must-needed uh, second passing option for uh, for Lamar Jackson and put Deborah Duvernay back into his... It's a, a true role and not and not be, you know, utilized in, in spots where he shouldn't be. So I, I will take uh I'll take Cleveland at plus six and a half and I'll I think I may lean the over in this. Oh wow. Oh wow. Oh wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Now so Bateman's on his way back, and we know that with the Ravens, you don't want to start more than one wide receiver. Obviously, Mark Andrews, you're good with. Keep an eye on that Dobbins help, but Kenyon Drake is definitely a viable fill-in. Uh, flipping over to the Browns, we know both running backs are are going to give you solid value. Chubb has one, and Kareem Hines has just been consistently flex-playable this year. Uh, David Njoku, he's not going to be out on waivers anywhere. He's a plug-and-play start at tight end. You don't get much more consistent than than what you've gotten out of Njoku here recently, uh, as far as tight ends are concerned, at least. So he's he's been upwards of 50 yards for the last four weeks, even though there's only been one touchdown there. So not going to do much better than that. We talked about Donovan Peoples-Jones earlier, how he's got some nice target floor um, and serves as another guy that's, that's out there on waivers that should have been a priority add as we enter this bye week and you need wide receiver fill-ins. Um, he's definitely got wide receiver three value this week. And, you know, Amari Cooper might be a fade though. With they got a very good secondary. They got a very good secondary. Defensive backs. Back. Defensive backs are strong. The safety sucks. Excuse me. Right. And manned up and from what Cooper's been the last few seasons, I do not think this is a game where I want to try with with Amari Cooper. Move on down that line and and go with DPJ there. DBJ caused a nice uh, difference too, going from Amari Cooper from sixty-one. DBJ is down to forty-one hundred. So in just nice two thousand. 
Oh, what Njoku in this game? And Joku's going up a little bit. He was healing. He should up, be. Uh, he's been good this year. He keeps going. He's going up. <laughs> he hasn't gone up much. I think he's tight end six or seven on for the week at forty two hundred. So and you're adding, I think, Kelsey and and of course, managers we're talking about this game are both on the main slate too. So yeah, you, could, you and, know, maybe come down off of the tight end value. You can come. I think I got coming down to like you know, and Joku. Maybe that's a good play. And with what we don't know with J.K. Dobbins, is he going to play? Is he not? I like Kenyon Drake at fifty one hundred on that. Just be on the safe side if you do, if he's out, because we know he's going to be getting the touches. Absolutely. All right, Falcons at the Bengals. Bengals are six and a half point favorites. Forty seven and a half is the game total. Can you guys guess who is the only team this year that has a perfect record against the spread? Anybody? It's going to be Cincinnati or Atlanta, right? Because you brought it up. I, I yeah, which Atlanta. one? Atlanta. Atlanta is six and zero against the spread start this year. Look at me having knowledge. Yes. Look at you. Bengals are I've also covered four straight in a row. So uh pick which streak you want to ride with and go, I'm gonna lead to Cincinnati as the offense is starting to catch fire here. Um hopefully the the team continues to get healthy and, and you start to see this streak continue. Um so I'll ride Cincinnati as six and a half favorites. And I'm gonna take the over because Ooh. boom game coming for the Bengals. Now, when you say boom game coming for the Bengals, does it mean also boom game for Kyle Pitts? Potentially. Bengals have good safeties, though. They're more of a box suffer in Von Bell. So this is where maybe maybe Pitts can, you know, can can gather his mismatches and and actually, you know, piggyback. Maybe he'll score a touchdown in this game and he'll have, you know, double what he did last year. Yeah, he'll have a second U.S. Oil touchdown. Yeah. Marcus Mariota is a good stream this week. Um, rushing floor is always going to make Marcus Mariota a good, uh, solid streaming option. So, sorry, I'm. we got the St. Louis Bourbon Festival coming up this weekend, and I'm dealing with some shit about hotels and shuttle transportation right now, too. It's a busy week for all of us. Yeah. Um, anywho's. Um, so, we mentioned earlier that Huntley and Algier are, are splitting work. We also mentioned earlier that it's a little bit ugly, <laughs> the work that they're splitting. Uh, about 15 inefficient carries a week. And the Bengals are not giving up a ton to running backs on the ground. So if you need to, you can. But just be aware that neither guy really catches passes all that much. And you're getting about a five-point floor out of that running back. So maybe look elsewhere there. But again, Marriott is a good stream. You don't want anything in the receiving game other than London. Pitts is a tight end. On the Bengals side of it, it's it's chalk. There's nothing you can do sneaky with the Bengals because everybody was was drafted and drafted in a position where you're pretty well starting them, especially um, against a Falcons secondary that's not been great. Even Hayden Hurst is probably rostered right now, but if not, then you know another guy you could look at as a tight end stream that's been very very consistent. But you shouldn't be out there on waivers. And Hopper nailed every single one of them. You're gonna start, yeah. DFS, you'll start. You're gonna start your uh, Bengals, and then because, like Hopper said, if you if you want to be risky, risk avert, go with Marcus Mariota at fifty five hundred for that quarterback with upside of the rush. And if you're curious, you we can try Kyle Pitts at forty three hundred. I prefer to play Pitts over Drake London. Drake London is at fifty four hundred, 
but because I don't I don't think Lennon's gonna have another good game as he's been on that downtrend. So I just try to stay away from him and kind of shift down to Tyler Boyd if I could at fifty three hundred. Like it. All right, let's go to the game of the week that no one fucking cares about. Packers at the Commanders. Packers are four and a half point favorites. Forty one and a half is the game total. Packers haven't covered a game this entire month. Washington's also pretty bad against the spread as both teams are are, are are very frustrating to bet. Though if you've been like me and have been betting against the Packers for the last three weeks, you've been paid pretty nicely because <laughs> you have a slow-paced team and can't put teams away because their offense fucking blows. Green Bay will probably cover this game, though. Now we'll take Green Bay and the points on the road against a backup quarterback that uh, I, I can't imagine the offense is going to be hyper-productive in. So I'll, I'll take the lowest spread that they've had since September. And when they've been favored this year, it's been by more than seven points. So I'll uh, I'll lean, I guess, the given gift here at at a four and a half, and I'll take Green Bay to cover. Yeah. So we talked about Alan Lazard, and he might be the only surefire thing in this game. That it's so bad that you can trust. It is bad. Packers are middle of the road and points allowed to the running back. Um, they are actually giving up more to backs on the ground than they are through the air. So that does bode a little bit. Okay. For, for Brian Robinson, who should have RB two floor this week. Um, you know, then it, then it gets tough, right? Because McLaurin's going to draw a tough defensive back matchup. And Jahan Dodson hasn't had the targets to, to trust it. You've got a backup quarterback coming in and, and Taylor Heineke, you've shown some flashes of, of being distant. So I don't know that there's a whole lot you can do with the commanders this week, other than, than, you know, that Brian Robinson RB two play. Um, even, you know, McLaurin's somebody that I tend to want to fade this week. Um, but the backs are what's gotten it done against green Bay and green Bay wanting to slow the pace down. Alan Lazard's about the only wide receiver you can start there right now. That's getting any form of consistent target target volume. Robert Tunyon is an absolute play at the moment because he's coming off of a 10 target game and he's actually had really good target floor. Um, he should be a must start most weeks. And then we've talked about it here before Aaron Jones kind of came to AJ Dillon's work. So that pretty much sums that game up. It's ugly. There's not a lot of deep cuts there, but there are particularly on the Packers side, there's some shape starting to come to this on guys that you can pretty well be comfortable with. And they're named Lazard and Tunyon. Do we think Aaron Rodgers bounces back this week? No. I don't, I don't mean think bounces back. back. He hasn't bounced back, back to anything. He hasn't fucking done and, anything. And here, but here's the problem, though, right? Does Aaron Rodgers really need to? I mean, the Packers' offense hasn't been that great, but it's he doesn't have the pieces around him for that offense to be that great. The front office is is failed, and I think generally they're executing the game plan they want to execute, which is keep it slow and keep it ugly. And it's funny though because he's he's like uh, throwing thirty over thirty passes and. Five of the six and thirty-five in the last uh, four, over thirty-five and forty-one. On, sure, uh, but last week, who he's throwing them to? They've done a terrible job of building him weapons. Yeah, well, yeah, you, it's kind of hard to draft. You know, get them the uh, rookie wide receivers. The but games have also. I mean, it's not hard to draft the rookie wide receivers. They just have missed them every year, and or they just don't draft them until and late. they just don't draft them until late. Yeah, it's like, not that it's difficult; it's that they don't. They don't give them like well, what I meant is they didn't give him like a true receiver at once Adams left. They just went out and drafted two rookies and hope for the yeah. best with that. 
But Dobbs, I mean, he looks he looked pretty good. He tied uh, Lazard with nine targets last week, so I also like him to play this week at five grand. And then, like you said, with um, Robert Tunyon, 4,100, 10 targets. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that play. My only issue with Dobbs is when you look at the productivity. Um, you know, you did have back-to-back touchdowns in weeks three and four, but under 50 yards the last three weeks, even though there's been some target volume there, does you know, does that suddenly get right? He's got one game over 50 yards all season. Yeah. Despite the target volume being there. So I think they're throwing to him out of necessity, but he ain't doing shit with it. All right. So there's so it's going to click. I think there's something there this week for him. Maybe Washington is a pretty good team to get ready again. So, but uh, that game pace, right? If you're talking about a running game that could get a shot, you know, can get itself going. The passing game may not need to be there. He may only throw the ball 25 times in this game. But it's also yeah. Green Bay, so hopefully Washington wins. <laughs> All right. On. Last game of the noon slate. Packers. Or Packers. Buccaneers against the Panthers. Ten and a half point favorites on the road. A 40 and a half is a game total. Both teams suck against the spread this year. But I'm taking Tampa Bay. Like, it's as good as the Panthers defense has been at times. Their office just fucking god awful. Can't sustain drives. Defense gets tired. Has a poor field position to deal with. And the offense just kind of just able to just kind of, you know, make up a first down, score some points, and it just comes out of hand pretty quickly. So I'll take Tampa Bay to cover the 10 and a half. And I'll bet the under because I don't think Carolina scores Ooh. a touchdown. I don't think Carolina scores more than 10 points in this game. They've been held under 20 points in, uh, in five out of the six games this year. Their highest scoring point total is 22. Gross. 22. Yeah. Not with not with P.J. Walker starting. And you know, Carolina's defense is, is relatively decent, but the fact is, is that they're not going to need Godwin or Evans to have a, a blow-up game, even though it's a even against a decent defense. So you're getting four games and wide receiver two type performances probably from both guys. You like Leonard Fournette this week, um, just because I think the game script is going to dictate you'll you'll see a decent diet of him and maybe some Rashad White mixing in. Doesn't mean go start Rashad White, but I do think you're going to get a decent diet of Fournette. The only person you can trust the Panthers right now is McCaffrey, as unfortunate as that is, especially in this matchup. Yeah, it's pretty well chalk. I would start anyone from Tampa and just McCaffrey from Carolina. And Fournette's DFS. got the upside in this one, I think. Oh yeah, at seventy seven hundred, I would take that cost all day long, and even build around that. Yeah, I'll this game call, is ugly. I'll even call again for the premature pickup of Rashad White. Uh thirteen targets in his last three games. How about Kate Otten with a uh, Cameron Brate being out twenty seven hundred? Don't think they're going to need him this week. I, I think that. I mean, it'll be a differentiator. I just, I don't think they're going to need it. Again, it's, it's you might as well bet on a you know tight end that's got a little more safer floor for production. Maybe it gets a touchdown, sure, but you need a little you need a little production for those uh, DFS squats in those big tournaments. But if I like the game script a little bit better, I'd be all over Kate Otten because I, yeah. you know, I think they would utilize him. We saw it earlier this year where they would utilize him if they needed to. I just don't see the game script being something where they're going to need to. Fuck Tom Brady might use this as a. Uh, <laughs> It's his own personal get right game. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know, division one teams in college playing against FCS teams. Like, yeah, in, the, in, 
So the Buccaneers come in at like the second defense to at 3,900. So <laughs> they're expecting a good game from them. Yeah. Well, it's also PJ Walker and a very bad offense. I can't score points. Beer review time, buddy. All right, I'm going to go ahead and take this one. So as a reminder, I was drinking a Belgian-style ale from Church Street where they don't necessarily specify the type of ale. So for part of this, I've been trying to figure out, am I drinking a trip ale or am I drinking a golden strong ale based on where the alcohol percentage and the color lies? So color, it's pale, right? So I know I'm not drinking a, a duple, a quad. Alcohol percentage is too high for a single. Um, it's not a dark strong again, because it's not dark. So I know kind of where I'm at based on color and alcohol percentages. BJCP app for Android is a great tool. And in style comparison, if you're a beer nerd that cares about BJCP styles, the difference between a trip L and a golden strong L is the strong L is darker and fuller bodied with more emphasis on phenolic character and less esters with fewer later hops. So phenolic, in the case of Belgian yeast, is going to be peppery and clove-like. And estery is going to be more of your pear and your banana-type notes in this particular type of beer. Um, so that being said, I still don't know what this is because it's definitely phenolic. Um more so than estery. The esters are there, but it definitely leans a little bit more towards spice, but it's also drier um, and not exactly what I consider full body either. So I think they kind of hybrided the two together. Dan's going to sleep because of all my nerdy terms. No, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am digesting what you're saying. I think they kind of hybrided the two together. Um, yeah, usually paler, crisper, drier, um, aster develop over spiciness. So it's got like the body of a strong ale, but the yeast character and the way that that landed is more towards a triple. Either way, let's just focus on the quality of the beer. It's very drinkable. The alcohol character is present once it warms up, but it's not overwhelming and it's not harsh and it doesn't get into like the burning fusel alcohol it smells. It's just kind of warming and you can tell it's there. It does lean estery, so it does have, I would consider it to be more peppery esters, though, than than clove esters. There's definitely some clove there. Definitely get some pear and banana underneath of it, though, that come in and balance that, balance that out nice. And then um, there is 100% of malt backbone that supports all of that. Just gives it a little bit of a nice kind of doughy, bready type of note with some of the sweetness from that Belgian candy sugar present, also boosting the the alcohol content that rounds it off really nice. So overall, it's a very, very, uh, you know, well-rounded beer balanced towards the phenolic side of it with esters and, and a malt backbone that supports it. So good job on them. Um, and it definitely splits the uprights between what a triple is and what a, a strong L is, in my opinion. Very nice. That was more technical than I normally get. Yeah. I was like, wow. Right. You got to practice. Yeah, you got to get ready. You got an exam. And the show serves as a good point for me to practice on some of that technical perception and everything. 
All right, I'm going to go real quick so I can use the bathroom. Again, I am drinking Fat Elvis. This is a banana uh, chocolate peanut butter milk stout um, from Four Hands. The base is the absence of light. So it's like a sweeter Reese's Pieces in a cup because you get this, you get the milk stout that brings in more of the chocolate flavor. And you add in, I don't know if they use peanut, if they use actual peanut or they just use a peanut butter extract. I would assume just a peanut butter extract um, with the added chocolate to it. So it's very sweet. Hopper. Question. Yeah. You said a Reese's Pieces bit in a cup. Wouldn't that just be a Reese's peanut butter cup? Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, I guess, I, I guess technically it's so. I mean, it's not a cup; it's a glass. But I mean, come on. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, this is as advertised. I mean, when you're getting a fully adjunct beer, you better get what you're what the can is telling you that you're drinking. So again, a lot of chocolate up front. You get the peanut butter mixing with the banana, uh, mixing with the banana banana on the nose. And you get a fairly um, sweet finish to it. You get a lot of lingering chocolate sweetness to it. And uh, that that banana and peanut butter really, really blends well. If you love uh, peanut butter and banana sandwiches, which is where the uh, Fat Elvis comes from, if you like on the sweeter side of stouts as we get colder into the year, which is where people typically drink them, this is a, a, a adjunct stout that I would uh, seek after. Content wise, I don't think the alcohol content on it is very high, six and a half percent. So it's right in stout range. Yeah. The the body itself is full, so you really can't, you know, pound these, but the uh the getting fucked up part on it, it's not gonna happen after a couple. Yeah. You'd be more um, full than anything. Yeah. So real quick on the peanut note, by the way. I just want to throw a little tidbit out there on peanut flavor and beers, um, especially for those with peanut allergies. Most of the time, ninety nine percent of the time, it's not going to be actual peanuts because the oil in actual peanuts is going to cause your head retention to be nothing. It's going to screw up the body and it's going to school up the proteins in the beer, which are super important to your beer's development. So a lot of times, it is either going to be an extract flavoring or it's going to be PB two, which is like a powder that you can put in it, and they have a distinctly different flavor. But those are the two different type of peanut flavors that are going to end up in your beer most of the time. It's an extract or PB2. It's hardly ever going to be real peanuts because of the oil content. Yeah. And I always tell people when I uh, when I taste out my breweries, peanut butter porter yeah, is... got a really good peanut butter porter. Yeah. It's, uh, no peanuts are ever harmed in the making of this beer. Right. So, and I always get a little <laughs> joke from it because, you know, dad jokes. All right. I'm going to the bathroom. The still peanut butter like- porter is phenomenal, by the way. Go they ahead. are very good. So is that like with like same like a hazelnut type of beer too? So yeah, hazelnut. There are some some malts that give off a little bit of a hazelnut character to it. But yeah, anything that's that's a nut in general will impart oils on it. Um, I know a lot of people also use like hazelnut coffee and steep it to get some of that character, and then they'll boost that uh, body with like uh like barley flakes or or oatmeal or lactose or something else in it that that helps with some of that barley really helps with head retention which is what you hurt when you add oils to a beer so but yes i never knew that that's something something new yeah look at that right so here i drink uh at water breweries city juice hazy ipa comes in at 6.3 percent just a typical same thing as a hazy is it's got the juice got a taste of orange grapefruit combined with a Citra, Cascade, and Zenthos hops. 
just as uh, Dan would like to say, a typical hazy beer because that's just how hazies are. Is the typical same citra type of beer? If I'm wrong, we both fucking left. Right. You. We both fucking left you. I, I, I'm used to talking to myself. Don't worry, I'm good. Oh man, and I'm entering a beer review. That's okay. Very, hey, one goes, I'm very proud goes. of you. I, I'm very proud of you. I, I I went I went rogue on this one. You did. You survived. Sorry. I did. I needed another beer. I need yeah. I needed to drain the snake so I can keep drinking said beer. All right. I just, I, I, I just said what a hazy is, and I said Dan would just say <laughs> that's what a hazy is because that's what they are. I mean, it's like an adjunct stout. You're pretty much gonna get his advertise. Wow, <laughs> I made that. Wow, I made that damn thing better. That looks very, very dark. It does very, look dark. It's a heavy copper tone. IPA, West Coast. Okay. Really? It's a very, very malt. Very high malty beer. Looks from the looks of it. Dude, have you drinking a dogfish head recently? Like the 90 minute? Yeah. And how malty that damn thing is? It's very malty. Yeah. No, it's a little little orange. Or the camera actually makes it look darker than it is here in person. It's it's definitely more towards a, a light copper and a pale orange. The camera uh, and the shadows I'm sitting in definitely makes it look a little Fair enough. All right, let's get to the three o'clock games because joy. And it starts off with it go. looks up, but yeah, yeah, definitely better. Oh yeah. Uh, I gotta get to the right game. All right. Texans at the Raiders. Raiders are seven point favorites at home. 45 and a half is a game total. Houston. Uh four and five against the spread this year. Uh too shabby. Raiders are in the two game uh Two uh, two game cover streak. Raiders offense is kind. Of, it's it's there. Houston's I think been a little, little more impressive than usual, but the offense just in itself has been very inconsistent up and down. The emergence of uh, Damian Pierce in that Houston backfield and for that offense has helped to an extent. And defense against kind of bad teams kind of steps up. But Raiders have a good offense. Raiders at home. This is a a a, I would say the start of the of these kind of must win games as they try to you know you know uh, keep up with this AFC conference here. So I'll take the Raiders to cover seven at home. Normally I I would pass up on this game, but I I, I do like the Raiders in this sense. And I'll uh, I'll take the over. I think uh, this could be a, a it could come out game for Houston coming out there by week. So I want to talk Houston wide receivers for a second. No oh, God. Lovey Smith is where wide receivers go to die. And it was yeah. true when he coached in Chicago. And it's true now coaching in and he ruined Brandon Cooks. Yeah, you're gonna be the first person that gets Brandon Cooks under a thousand yards in his career. I moved is Brandon m- Cooks in Dynasty for a second round pick. Many teams this nice. has been on and everything. Now, I will say Nico Collins has actually had a better floor, although neither of them have any upside right now. So, <laughs> so play none of them. So play neither. But if you need a plug in, if you're desperate, Nico Collins is the way that you lean, not Brandon Cooks. Um, they say they want to get Damian Pierce 20 carries a game, and that I actually believe. Um and Damian Pierce has been heavily efficient, and this is not a bad defense to do that against. So I think that you go full sail on on Damian Pierce here. Josh Jacobs has been absolutely excellent. Um, now, teams don't have to throw a ton against Houston, though. So 
you're going to have some pause. Don't go out and get cute with Hunter Renfro potentially on this bye week. Renfro is, you know, with the ad out of uh, Devontae Adams and Waller being mostly healthy and competent, his, you know, return last week was not fantastic. And his week one was not fantastic. Good game week two. This is not a get right game for him. So don't bet on that. You're pretty much going chalk with the Raiders. So Adams, Waller, and Jacobs. That's really it. Neat. And even on the DFS side, I like uh, Derek Carr. You know, like you'll see the bold red ninth against the quarterbacks, but the Houston Texans give up a lot of uh, yard pass yardage to quarterbacks. The only one they didn't really do too was um, Justin Fields. But uh, outside of that, Justin Herbert had three forty-eight and two, I think, as a, as a stat. So I like hit I like uh Carl out this week to go. And then as Hopper said, the rest of the players are talking. I mean, Pierce is gonna get be getting twenty touches. I'll be definitely trying to find him away in a lineup at sixty four hundred. Josh Jacobs still looks good, sixty five hundred. It's uh been don't break defense as Lovey Smith has always been. So it's gonna be high yardage and you know, probably low touchdown volume. Yeah, and there and the defense is also good at getting at least an interception. So and Derek Carr hasn't thrown an interception in a couple games, so he could be due for one. But I can see also uh, over 300 yards, which is the three-point bonus in DraftKings, plus at least two touchdowns. It's actually a good call. We haven't talked a lot about streaming defenses. Do you like the, why you like the Texans or you like the Raiders? No, I it really wasn't going to go for, for either of them in this one. I was more thinking we just we hadn't talked about it so maybe that's something we'll double back on to cap off the show yeah we can do that thinking out loud sorry no i'm not in love with either of them because when i'm streaming defenses i'm looking for for turnovers and i think texts we've just been really quiet about because i don't think they get an interception every game except for week four and Davis Mills has had two multi-interception games. So, you know, both defenses, not the worst thing you could do, I guess. I don't expect this game to be a barn burner, so why not? This team, this Texans team, never really played a good offense this year. Chargers uh, banged up. I think that was, uh, you know, you know, no Keenan Allen at the beginning of October. Hey, Denver looked really good on paper in week two. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they did cover that game. Yeah, this uh, oof. the Raiders might be the best offense they face. I'm uh, coming off of a big win against Jacksonville though two weeks ago. I'll, I will give them that. Jesus, I made this beer bitter in the best way. In the best. All right, let's uh, let's keep it rolling here. <laughs> so yeah, I'm getting back to the beer I'm drinking. That means I've had enough of this game. <laughs> Jets at the Broncos. Broncos one point favorites at home. 38 and a half is the game total, which looks to be the lowest total on the slate as uh, the Broncos offense sucks. Defense good. Jets have are at are at an impressive uh four and two. But uh I think I was just as shocked as everyone else to remember that the Jets are above five hundred right now. Um I don't care about this game. 
or uh, you know, from a betting standpoint, the game total can look enticing to go over, but I think that's the trap because uh, both offenses can definitely shut themselves down. Uh, running game is going to make this game more of a, of a quicker grind out type of game, as both passing offenses can kind of stall drives as as both of the Wilsons in this game have uh, have struggled to put together any sort of consistency. Um, I'm done buying into the Russell Wilson's going to get right. Finally, I am completely off of that ship for this year. Still dealing with hotel shit. Uh, Jets Broncos, <laughs> Brees Hall, obviously um, Broncos have a running back controversy, which kind of sucks because you don't really know what to do here. You don't know, like Melvin Gordon didn't do anything necessarily to get himself benched. He didn't fumble. He wasn't necessarily running bad. Actually, the last run I saw him have was a really strong run off tackle for seven yards. So he didn't really do anything to get himself benched. Um, I don't know if they're just going hot hand approach or what that's going to look like. So I don't know how you can trust that. The Jets are playing teams tough. Cortland Sutton's been the one thing that's been relatively consistent for the Broncos, and even that was bad last week. So, you know, Sutton and Judy this week, because I think you have to, given, you know, how consistent those two players can be and given the wide receivers that are on by this week, I don't know how you, you know, have a different option there or a better option there. You might, but I, I think you have to go that route. Um, the Jets side, they're not really doing it through the passing game lately. It's been a lot of Brees Hall a lot of all Brees Hall, and this is going to be a tough defensive matchup for them, especially as far as the pass rush goes. I don't want to trust anything on the Jets other than Brees Hall. The Broncos have a good secondary. They have a good pass rush, and that defense is the reason that they've been in games. It's This game is going to be so fucking gloriously bad. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. But even then, I don't know that it's going to be bad. I think it's going to be defensively good. There's just not going to be offense there. It's like tuning into the MLB to watch a pitcher's duel. Yeah, I, gonna, I appreciate it, but a lot of people don't. It's going to be um, really good. Def- it's going to be really good defensive back games. Your sauce is on the rise. Sauce Gardner. He's going to draw Cortland, which cheese sauce. sucks. Yeah, cheese sauce. Oh my god, what a fucking glorious pitcher that was. That was awesome. And oh, Justin fuck Simmons the Packers, the Broncos too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just makes it just there's. It's it's a hard game. Like it's, it's even one DFS. I'm I'm trying to avoid. Like I love. Oh, absolutely. Like, no, oh, yeah, it's one hundred percent an avoid. I mean, the only thing I would think about would be the Jets DST, just because it's twenty six hundred. It's cheap. I always like to go cheap on DSTs and try to build lineups around that. Well, and it is cheap, and the Broncos are really good about shooting themselves in the foot, and the baby Jets defense is is. is Decent. Hey, sauce? And it's, sauce is, he's very sauce he's, good. He's good. He's good. And he's and, not doing it DJ, alone. So yeah, DJ Reed's pretty good too on the other side. Yeah. Right. So that might be a pick six there. Yeah, Maybe you know Russ has been bad. Maybe those even pick if it's six. Not a pick hyphen? six. I'm pretty sure DraftKings does points against and stuff too. So you're at least getting a floor out of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, or it could be Brett Ripon in there for all we know for the for the Broncos. Why would it be Brett Ripon? Because uh, Russell Wilson's hamstring. Oh, that's right, Brett. That's right. Yeah, Russ is going to play. Russell play. I don't think it matters because he sucked anyway. So it's not like you're getting much out of it. But he'll play. He'll play. But he'll play. All right. I I like the Jets' defense call. It's a good streamer too. It is. Seattle, 
at the Chargers. This might be the best fantasy game of the week, and I hate to say it. <laughs> Chargers are six-point favorites at home. 51 and a half is the game total. The highest game total on the slate and the only game total above 50. Hopper, you're not wrong. This is, this is also Vegas's, uh favorite uh, high-scoring game of the week. Just hope to God that we get uh, high-scoring Geno Smith in this and, and not what we got last week against the Cardinals. Um, that being said, I'm still taking Seattle at plus six because the Chargers also struggle to put teams away. But getting Keenan Allen back is should hopefully help uh, get this offense back in its right and get players back in the right positions of which they should be playing. I'm still taking Seattle plus six, and I'm going to bet the over in this. Shouldn't like to find the highest game total and throw a little splash on the over. Beer in my mouth. Geno Smith is a stream. No. Well, he's been, a, he had a death last week, right? It's, it's, it's more about the beer, but I guess, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he had a dud last week, and, you know, not something we were expecting. The Chargers' pass rush actually looked really good watching them on, on, Sunday night. It was Sunday night, right? Denver Denver Chargers. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Chargers pass rush looked pretty decent. Um, despite all the shooting themselves in the foot they didn't. Oh no, that was Monday night. Monday night. Oh, that's day, right. Whatever day it was. Point still stands. I do think that the Seahawks are gonna be able to hold their own in this one that makes Geno Smith a stream. That means you can play Lockett and Metcalf, but Kenneth Walker is what I want to want to point out here. The Chargers have been bad against the running back. Kenneth Walker came out really, really good last week when the rest of the offense around him didn't look great. So the kid is going to keep running with that opportunity. On the Chargers side of this, you got Keenan Allen coming back. That is a very, very good thing. Gerald Everett will remain a, a plug-and-play tight end right now until Donald Parham gets into that more, especially this week with what you have on by especially given the tight end landscape. There's never a question about Austin Eckler. No. But stay away from the secondary receivers because they're not consistent enough. That's Palmer and Williams. They're just not consistent enough to rely on. I guess Williams, he keeps having to play him. Williams. Williams if you have to play him. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm scared to play Keenan Allen this week, but just because of the Chargers going on by next week. That makes me a little nervous thinking that they might hold him out just one more week and then let him unleash him after the bye. So, but if he's active, you play him. Oh, yeah. If they're going to hold him active. out, I don't think he's active. Yeah, I think I think they're going to hold him out. That's just my own personal feeling. Well, yeah, but no, I do agree. Then he's inactive and you don't play him and you don't worry about it. Yeah. But I do like Kenneth Walker. He's part of that. He's that offense that runs, likes to run the ball a lot. So, I mean, 5,800, 30th ranked offense or 30th ranked defense against the running backs. Definitely easy play on that. And I wouldn't even mind sprinkling, sprinkling these tight ends of Gerald Everett and Noah Fant. Just because more of Noah Fant going against his old team. You know, to get that revenge game in. 3,100. Revenge game. And maybe Donald Parham if you don't really believe in Gerald Everett. Because Donald Parham starting to get more uh, played in time on the field, but He's also at twenty seven hundred, so he might be a sneaky, nice like little deep bargain play. All right, next game, last game, last three o'clock game: Chiefs at the Niners. 
Chiefs are two and a half point favorites on the road. 48 and a half is the game total. They're only favored by two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That's because Bosa is uh, projected to play now. I don't think that matters. <laughs> I Chiefs minus two and a half and the game total of I think this could be a, 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 you know, this is a rematch from the Super Bowl from a few years back. Leonard's offense, a decent pass rush, but I think we'll continue to see an upturn in Kettle. You saw, you know, we're getting you get involved in this game. I think the Niners can definitely keep up with the scoring, at least in the start of this, or can definitely get you some garbage time stuff. So I'll take the Chiefs two and a half and the over at 48 and a half. Yeah, and it's not like the Chiefs aren't giving up wide receiver points, especially yeah, actually, especially what it looks like to the ones. So, you know, I, I think you're fine starting those San Francisco wide receivers. Um Kittle, like you said, trending up, and I think you have to start him just because tight end landscape is what it is, right? He still has super high upside, even if the floor has not been there at all. So where San Francisco gets interesting is, is there any running back involvement at all in this one? I think Jeff Wilson becomes a fade, you know, with what we saw last week, only seven carries, the running backs is total only had, I think 10 carries the entire game. So you just gave me a look, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. That's that look. That's that. Oh, Jesus. 10. Yeah. I mean, they were down against the land in the entire game, but to, to completely, uh, fade your game script that much the running backs were they had 13 it was seven for wilson two for no debo had two of those the running backs had 11 carries in total debo had two jimmy g had three so you know if you expect this game script to go the same direction and i kind of do you're going to be fading jeff wilson and i think and i think that's fair to do so, Chiefs side of this, we've seen Clyde fall off from an efficiency perspective, and Jarek McKinnon is still holding the volume. So, it's definitely an RBBC there in in Kansas City. And as long as they're going to have to run the football, or if they're going to have, I mean, they lost to Buffalo though. So, there's no real pattern here. I guess there is. No, because they barely won against Vegas, too. There's no pattern to these running backs with Kansas City, either. It's just no. McKinnon's getting the, snap, getting the snap share, not necessarily the touches, and it's really ugly for everything on the running back side of this. We talked last week about how good of a play we thought MVS was because he had a floor of six targets, and then they don't go out and target him at all. And, you know, Juju absolutely goes off. I still am not sure that I have any idea what you do with Kansas City wide receivers right now. You know, looking at what the 49ers have given up, they give up to 19 to Lockett, 17 to Sutton, 26 to Cup. So I guess you figure slot. So I guess it does look like it might be a Juju day. That's what I was thinking. But, also, Lane Juju, at least he gets you. Like, it may not be pretty, but at least he, there's some production. There's no threat of a goose egg. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's exactly where I'm at too. So I think you got to lean Juju, and then it's obviously Kelsey and Mahomes. I don't think you can start a running back from the Kansas City side. They've been 
too down, too inconsistent. I don't think you can start a running back from the San Francisco side because I think they're playing from behind and they completely will abandon it. I'm actually have found a game where I don't think you can start a running back in this game. How do you feel about starting Jimmy Garoppolo after seeing what he did last week after throwing the ball 41 times? You see that happen again this week where he's pushing 40 attempts? It might happen I if kinda, the Chiefs I see gets it. up early. It could, def- it, it could definitely it happen. It might could. have to, but do you want it with two touchdowns and two picks? It's, yeah, but I mean, if you go over 300 yards or you know 350, does Garoppolo have that? I think Garoppolo has that in him this week to get, a, get above that. When was the last 300-yard game? He's not. He, had, he, he ended last year with a couple. He ended last year. With, yeah, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a stream this week. I, yeah, I, I like I, I, I'm with you on that. He hit close to 300 last week. You know, the touchdown production is never really there, but the yardage can carry that. I, I'm, I think I'm with you on that. Because I like him for like especially on DraftKings play at fifty five hundred for that kind of if I if I think he's if he can do that I think he can do that I think he get over three hundred in a multi touchdown game yeah you're gonna get the interceptions but you can't go wrong at that cost three hundred two and one is pretty pretty doable given you know his track record of productivity I mean uh, he went all last season without having a three touchdown game but there's plenty of two touchdown games in there if you're streaming Garoppolo you're not expecting I mean it's Expectations what two fifty and hopefully two, you know you'll you'll take a three hundred and one. You're just hoping to get to that sixteen to eighteen point threshold, and I think you'll have it. I mean, it's not yeah. often he's below that is streamer threshold. So yeah, I mean, before we get to the last two games, we got a question here. Okay, uh, kind of dating back to the stuff that we talked about last week and trying to trying to fix some rosters here. This guy's one in five. Um. It's got a good good starting team. Okay. Um so it's a 12 team uh 0.75 PPR. Uh Dak is his quarterback. Coming back. F- finally getting Dak back. Writing backs are Barkley, uh good. Kenneth Walker. Great. Uh McKissick. Okay. There's a white <clears throat> me, there's a white foot down. I'm assuming that's either Rish- I'm assuming that's Rashad White. Um, so running back depth behind your two starters are lacking. Uh, Walker took a couple weeks to get there, so you know it took uh, yeah. a pinning injury to get you going. So probably struggling at the RB two spot during that point in time. Wide receivers gets a lot better up front. Uh, Cup, Diggs, Godwin, with London, Bateman, Dotson, Jacoby Myers, Mac Collins back. So yeah, there's, Sean, a, there's an obvious move here. Yeah, so strong yeah. wide receiver depths, tight ends, Dalton Schultz, um, probably streaming tight ends. Um, we can definitely talk about moving one of your top receivers. Um, exactly. to try to get a Kelsey Andrews to shape up the tight end spot for you, but the biggest issue here is is that you're losing you're your two best backs. players. Well, that and you're losing your two best receivers to buy. You you can't afford to keep losing. You're, if you're one in five, it doesn't matter how strong your team may look. You're worn by apocalypse. You, 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 you got to do here. something. And I think that, you know, positional scarcity first off, right? We talk about the tight end field being ugly. I think you can get, 
I would try to package one of those wide receivers for you know somebody in that kind of crap RB2 range. We talked about Mixon being a buy low that has some significant upside that hasn't really produced a whole lot yet. Um, but that has some underlying metrics that that could lead to some upside. Um, so I mean, if you could get him packaged with maybe a a tight end the likes of a Hayden Hurst that has a little bit more of a floor, I think that that is not a a bad move. Um, you know, but I think the move here is you go for you know a running back to Singletary is another one that comes to mind. Just just kind of offhand. And you try to get maybe a tight end with a, with a little bit more floor um, for one of those top end receivers. I think that you have to move one of those receivers and try to sure up a running back that you can that you can pretty well flex around. Even if you can grab a guy like Ramondre Stevenson who might be expendable for another team somewhere who's suddenly found himself into a lead back role. Travis Etienne, who's starting to break out, um, could could certainly fit that mold. There are guys out there that I like that you could probably get for for one of those top-end receivers and help sure up that that running back position and also potentially get a tight end that has a bit more floor out of it as well and a two-for-one. Ryan? I like it. No, I like, I like exactly what Hopper said. Not, nothing more to say on that one. He nailed everything on it. Damn. I think I think knowing what... Uh what your starters, like what the positions you have to start in, like, you know, it's a three receiver, two receiver, two running back flex. I mean, <clears throat> right now it, it, it's your worst friend right now is actually the bye week this week. Right. Um, It's six losses. Isn't a death sentence in fantasy. Um, it, You're just, you're gonna have to screen together. Makes it a lot of- harder though, because what, what number actually, can I ask you guys a question? What number sure. of wins do you assume get you into the playoffs most years? Depending on, let's put the, uh, so it's 12 man. So most 12 bands, six seems to make the playoffs. I would think in most 12 bands, you may get an eight, yeah. make it a four, but let's assume six teams make the playoffs. So half the teams make it, I think seven wins, eight wins. I think yeah, I was thinking seven, eight. I would think seven to eight wins. So you have a 13. 14 game season with weeks 15, 16, 17 is your playoffs. Yeah, so one so, in five, you'd so have to go eight and five, eight and six. So you have, so that puts you, that puts you in the mix. I'm, I think to for sure get in, you got to win between nine and 10. To you for wanna, sure get in between eight and six, you're in the mix and you might end up in some points tiebreakers. Um, but to your point, I mean, you have very, you have two very good running back starters. All right, the death behind now, them is what yeah. sucks. Absolutely, an injury would decimate you, but injuries are going to decimate most everyone, teams. no matter what. Um, eh. I was, for, I, I said for the most, especially in redraft. I know, I, I, I'm a rarity in the way that I build to where I tend to be able to weather a lot of injuries, but it caps my upside a little bit. Yeah, and at this point, I mean, at this point, so he's got the third most. So he has the third most points scored. I then you I, run into some bad luck. I, I mean, I, well, I mean, without you know, the last two weeks having Walker's been great. Prior to that, it's been a struggle. Dak's been hurt since week one, and the running like his wide receivers have been amazing with Cups and Dicks. Godwin's coming onto himself. 
Myers has been a really good wide receiver, really good three flex piece. villain. What London, else was at know, the wide receiver spot? London has been London Bateman flashing. Bateman uh, flashing. Jahan Jahan Dotson, Matt Collins. Um Collins had some good weeks. Dotson's pretty touchdown dependent. I mean, it, it's its biggest glaring need is tight end. And having cups and digs, having cup and digs can you're help. not gonna move them for just a tight end though. No, 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 no. obviously not. But if you're looking to make a move that's gonna you know that could potentially yield you some points upside. And again, two for one trades are always difficult to do because you almost you almost always want the best player in this deal, which is generally the the one guy on on you know during the two for one deal. But you can look to move a couple of digs to the team that's got you know Kelsey Andrews. Um you know, to your point, you could try to move Godwin, but this is a very bad way to move him when he's your probably your number one. Yeah. Um, and try to look at a guy like you know, guys like Dallas Goddard, um, you know, Zacherts, you know, guys that may not yield the upside of Kelsey and Andrews, but generally have a little more consistency and, and, heart, and, need your, him t- and then package some running back depth with it. Yeah, yeah. And try to find who's got Goddard, who's got Ertz, um, and b- maybe try to get Joku is another one. Joku is that, that gr- same mold. Great one who who could probably who, who may cost less. Uh, Darren Waller, thought the name and draft capital, same as George Kittle, might make that a little more expensive than what you want to, you know, pay for. But you got offered, sure. yeah, you got offered Debo for Goblin in London. No, I mean, no. It, it's not, no, you're not getting enough back. Yeah. Um, you're also, and- <laughs> that's a move you may make towards the end of the year. But I also don't love uh, Debo's usage. Debo's uh, usage and utilization hasn't been fantastic. I like Godwin's better, and then you're also yeah. giving up London on top of it. Because I, I mean, me at this point, I would take Godwin over Debo anyway. Yeah, and then to give up London on top of that—that that is not a move I would make. No, no. Nope. You want to get better in two for one, so you want to get positionally better. You know, p- positional value better, and that's trying to package. One of uh, cups or one of cup or digs because I don't think I still don't think Godwin's gonna get you. He hasn't had a blow up week. Yeah, it's if, a blow up week. Maybe then you get it. But you know, with, with both cup and digs, with those blow up weeks, makes it a little bit easier to go after a guy like Mixon if the Mixon team's got Mixon and Goddard. Or at that point, like you know, maybe Mixon and Waller or Mixon and Kittle to kind of help you woke whether the upcoming bye weeks is you're losing top end talent, but you're you're gaining overall, you know, positional depth that'll kind of help you weather and hopefully you know get you back on the right track. Is one on five stuff. We've all probably been there, and I I I I've definitely made the playoffs in this spot before, but it's it's always difficult, and and you now this is. Is sometimes the troubles of redraft because you don't have next year to look forward to with this <laughs> roster. So, uh, thanks for the question. Um, you guys have anything else to add before we wrap up the final two games? Nope. All right. <clears throat> Steelers at the Dolphins. The return of two what? And potentially Kenny Pickett. Dolphins are seven point favorites at home. 
44 and a half is the game total. We get Pickett. Just hate that I have more games to talk about. Yeah, we're almost done. We're almost <laughs> two done. more. It's a, a sudden well, one more. We're done with the games. You know, we're done with the main slate. So maybe uh, the DFX section could be a little lower down now. Ryan, God, sorry. Ugh. All right. Anyways, again, Dolphins seven point favorites, forty four and a half. You get your starters coming back, um, and two and, and hopefully pick it here. Um, I'll still take Miami. I, I don't feel particularly great about it. Probably more of a lean. Miami to cover is still a lot of points for a team that's finally getting back to their starters. Um, game total wise, <clears throat> again, uh, if I trust Pittsburgh's offense a little bit more, I think I take the over, but I will actually go under in this game. Yeah, I agree with not trusting Pittsburgh's offense, but there are a couple couple things that I, I do want to point out here. Deontay Johnson has continued to be a solid wide receiver two floor type of receiver. Um, in this matchup, with Kenny Pickett, this is another one where I think George Pickens is another guy you can start as a bye week type fill-in that you can tell me is going to be a wide receiver too this week, and I'm not going to be surprised. Um, you do have Tua coming back. That's good. It's good news for Waddle and Tyree Kill. Raheem Mostert dealing with the knee injury, but he's taking over this backfield. Steelers defense came out fired up last week, but... Yeah, the Dolphins' offense has actually been really, really good, even with backup quarterbacks in, and I'm very, very comfortable calling that a chalk foursome with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, and Tua Tagovailoa. So the Steelers' side of this, I think, is where you get a little bit of your deep cuts, though. Pat Fryermuth has seen relatively consistent target volume. You can trust that. George Pickens this week, I think you can absolutely trust. Um, I was a little, you know, faded him a little bit last week, um, just just based on that matchup that they had with the Bucks, Dolphins is a softer defensive matchup, so I think you're you're fine with Pickens. Um, Najee Harris got the touchdown. Um, there's not a quick fix for Najee though. That that's offensive line problems. That's that's keying too much off the run problems, and you know this is not a a get right quick game for him. Kaseki's big game. Uh, that's probably against Mika uh, defense with Mika Fitzpatrick. That's probably uh, not going to repeat itself. If I had to guess, no gritty this week. No, please for the love of God, no fucking gritty. I didn't that man, see, that didn't man even, needs to be. I didn't even see it. Needs to be put in fucking jail. I'm gonna go God, it. it's so bad. Well, well, watch his first one first. I scored that earlier in the year. When he scored his first touchdown. It's like he's trying to mock while he's losing. It's like, oh, okay, bro. It's like, way to celebrate when your team's about to lose. <laughs> Brian, any, any showdown advice? Nah, I mean, I did. Up. Hill, Waddle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. It's, it's just hard. It's like, and then go from there. It's just, that's just what, how I'd go. I mean, I'd be Hill more than anything just because. The way this defense ranks against him and how Hill is about ready to break uh Calvin Johnson's receiving record or is on pace to. Oh damn. So I like Hill. Oh, I'm gonna take captain. a quick look at uh <clears throat> running back. That I don't see what's wrong with that gritty. Probably. Uh just a quick update to the Dolphins running back situation. Most are sixty two snaps. Chase Edmonds, uh, uh, 40%. Uh, usage standpoint, 
uh, he had 15 touches to uh, from Mostert to four touches from Chase Edmonds. Edmonds was a little more productive with his touches, but from a per touch standpoint, but um, yeah, still lean Mostert over Edmonds. Um, yep. Just the way that it goes. All right, last game. Favorite Yay. game of this best game of the slate, totally by Bears. Is we don't have to talk about the Bears, so Bears at the Patriots. Patriots just seven and a half point favorites in the what looks to be uh comeback game for Mac Jones. 39 and a half is a the game total. How do the Bears continue to get fucking primetime games? Mike like what the hell were the NFL schedule makers Chicago's thinking? Chicago's a this? big market. Yeah, but they're bad, I know, and they've been bad for 20 years. It's, I mean, but then again, Denver, you know, same difference, you know, everyone bought it. Yeah, but Denver was actually expected to be good. I don't think she got it. And it's been a beautiful dumpster fire since. Um, I'm not betting this game. I think seven and a half points is a lot of points for a returning quarterback who has not been great this year. And the one redeeming quality that Chicago may have, it's it's being more competitive than what they probably should be. And the defense being better than what it was supposed to and be. And the defense the is actually yeah. yeah. Because the secondary is actually good and yeah. Fantasy. Whoops. Is there literally it Ramon Stevenson? Ramondre Stevenson, Jacoby Myers because it's a bye week and he has really good floor. Um I don't want anything to do with Tyquan Thornton though. Nope. <laughs> More production than your boy Myers last week. Good for him. Less of a floor. <laughs> Thornton also plays outside. He's probably getting Jalen Johnson. Oh, that's a good point. He's been pretty good. As, I was also joking. I would not play. Yeah. On Thornton. Uh, and the safeties have been pretty good, too. So just their secondary is actually decent. So no Hunter. I mean, Hunter Henry led the team in targets last week. Um, move seven. Yeah. I mean, oh God. Yeah. No. There's a lot of ugly here. It's the running backs on both sides. It's Rondre Stevenson, and on the Bears side, it really gets interesting because you can actually start both of them. They've uh, Montgomery has officially lost the term of full time starter, and they're going hot hand approach. So <laughs> it's so bad, and they run a lot. It's because they have to, because well, they have they have no receiving. Yeah. So they have to try to make hey, some. You, you leave Dante Pettis alone. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. No. I mean, Daryl Mooney had twelve fucking targets Thursday night. Twelve. It was freaking nuts. Yeah. Oh my Patriot, god. It, the Patriots are the number one fantasy defense. By the way, this is not a bad matchup for that. Uh, no, I just no. find it funny that uh, Fields twenty-seven passes, Darnell Mooney twelve targets. Hey, Dante Pettis had seven with eighty-four yards and a tutty. Yeah. Mooney's showing some floor. Seven for sixty-eight. We're just not gonna talk about the five weeks before that, but no, but I mean, I mean, but we at least we got some consistency with the uh, I guess letting you know Fields and this offense open up. Well, because more is literally off nothing from before, so I, I guess if you got to play Mooney, it's also Belichick against the young quarterback. Yeah, that's yeah. not Davis. No Mills. game plan. That's that's not Davis Mills because Davis that's... Mills owns Belichick. I you are you are right. The Mooney consistency has been better the last three weeks. This is gonna be a tough one. I'm not saying that I I'm, I'm not. Again, this is just uh you know 
maybe a little buy low candidate through those bye weeks. You can get Mooney for cheap. You gotta be. He hasn't scored a touchdown. I don't think. Well, if all we look at is touchdowns, that's what determines buy I mean, so higher. Ta- you're talking about, but you're also talking about a public that only cares about you know points being scored. Points. What's the best way to score points is to score touchdowns. Uh, so, Gabe Davis is the best way to score points. Uh, Gabe Davis. God, I love him so much. He's fucking Santa Claus. We, we almost, he like, gives you the greatest first half, and then he gives you a dud in the second half. It's yeah, amazing. but you don't need the second half by the time you get there because he's already I mean, giving Buffalo, you fantasy. I, I know. Like, even in a game where Buffalo still needs his number two receiver and he gives you nothing. Thank it's you. It's almost like maybe the defense made some adjustments to take Gabe Davis away. Yeah, well, man, let's... Let's you know let Stefan Diggs kill us now. That that makes way more sense than Gabe Davis <laughs> or <Isaiah> McKenzie. <laughs> Look, pick your poison, right? That's a good problem. Uh, yeah, to it's have. A, yeah. I, I guess pick your poison when one poison is significantly more. But when than Gabe the Davis other. is making circus catches as well, he's 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 the gift that keeps on giving. He's like it's like Santa Claus and herpes, man. Just keeps on giving. Santa Claus and herpes. We couldn't find wow. anything in between those two things. <laughs> Rachel. Oh, Ryan. wow. Oh, wow. All right. That's it. That's the games. Ryan. Nothing. No, all right, no, 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 thank you. Yeah, that's it's, it's it. ugly. Just avoid this game by all accounts if you can. Thank you for tuning in. At Beerfield is the podcast. <laughs> at Beerfield Hop. At Beerfield Thurry. At Ryan Minor underscore FFB. At Santa Claus with herpes.